All right. Well, welcome to Salt of the Street. Right. This is a uh, today is Saturday, February seventeenth. Donovan over here, one side. We got the offie over on this side. Yeah. And we're. Uh, I think this is probably going to be the only legit intro <clears throat> that we really do, mostly because this is the first episode. But uh, but yeah, I'm offie. That's Donovan, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into some real talk. You know, go. Be absolutely, uh, the goal of this, I think, is to be absolutely 100% honest uh, about everything that we talk about, be absolutely as informed about everything that we can. You know, we don't, we both work full-time jobs, so, we know, we're doing what we can, but anything we don't know, we'll certainly be honest that we don't know this. This may not be the truth. This may not be exactly how it is. This is our understanding of of this fact. I'm, uh, yeah, I will be the first to just come right out and say this. We don't know everything. We don't know the answers to all these questions, to all the issues that we're going to get into. And that's the whole purpose, more or less, of this podcast, is just to to be able to sit down as two normal dudes living living in the Pacific Northwest to just try to kind of figure some things out, talk about the issues, try, try to talk about what we feel like and how we perceive the world, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have something there that you wanna you wanna start with? Oh, I did actually. Uh, I think it's a uh, it's a good I don't know, it's a good measure of what I feel these days. Uh, I stumbled up, up upon it the other day. It's a it's a piece of literature that somebody created back in 1917. A man by the name of William Tyler Page, and he used to be a clerk to the House of Representatives, I believe. I don't really know why he made it, but he apparently was a rather patriotic individual. He was a lifelong, devoted civil servant, and uh, I think a lifelong politician as well, but never really got... I think he ran for senator once, or ran as for a a state representative spot, but um, I don't think he ever won. Most notably as the clerk. Yeah, he was just kind of always in the works of things. You know, kind of a boots-on-the-ground politician, not right. like the big celebrity politicians. But anyways, it's called uh, The American's Creed. And it says, uh, I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, before the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy in a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrificed their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. He wrote that. Back in 1917, and it was accepted by the U.S. House of Representatives in April 3rd, 1918. Gets me a little worked up when I, when I read that. Absolutely, man. I think that that's a... Incredibly passionate. I think that that's, that's a very fitting title for that piece, that excerpt. You know, yeah. if it is from something else, if it's not, you know, if it doesn't stand alone, but it's... I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I just, it was so funny because I was looking up something because I'm just a U.S. history buff, I'm just a history buff in general. And Absolutely. Was, yeah, poking around and uh, 
I went on to the House of Representatives uh, website and just kind of, they have all these documents and stuff. And I was like, what is that? American Creed? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Pulled it up. I was like, wow. This kind of sums it up right there. You that's know? pretty cool. So sums up the way I feel anyways. That's a, that's a lizard back there. This is recorded uh, in my dining room. So you may hear a little bit uh, of the dog walking around or... Penny Lane. Yeah, possibly the lizard, Dr. Frankenfurter, Bearded Dragon out here. Um, <laughs> represent. So That's correct. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, we're gonna basically we're just gonna uh, talk about what's <clears throat> been our mind on our mind, like the last couple weeks, the last week. Talk about some of the issues that are coming up and I think uh without any further delay, we'll just kinda jump into it like we will on in future episodes. Yeah. So all right, so let's. Where do you want to start? There's, yeah, starting is. So let me start. start let me start with what I was talking to you about the other day, right? When I was okay. texting you, and I was all fucking heated up. Yes, right? yes. Okay. There we go. So happened on Valentine's Day. I don't want to throw anyone's <laughs> name, so I'm going to use like woman one and woman two. Okay. Right. Woman one is very close to my <laughs> wife and I in the way that she dates my father-in-law. Right. So. <clears throat> so this is woman one woman two is like a family friend that we hang out with all the time right okay. so we're sitting valentine's day we all get together my wife like her family does heart-shaped meatloaf mm. for valentine's day every year so her family comes over that's that's adorable it's pretty sick right and my wife makes awesome meatloaf right so so we sat down we had you know there was like 10 12 people here we sat down had a whole bunch of heart-shaped meatloaf doing all this shit sitting back Having a Chimay, right? That big Tibetan beer, right? That's super expensive one that oh, I show yeah, you. So I'm drinking that on Valentine's Shemay. Day. Made by the Tibetan monks. Delicious, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so then I'm talking to Jordan's dad of like about us recording, right? Mm. And I'm just like, this is what we're doing. He's like, well, what do you talk about? And I'm like, you just whatever, you know, yeah, just like whatever. whatever I can think of, like anything I want to talk about. And he's like, well, like, like, specifically, you know, like, because I, I think that he knows, like, we talk often enough, you know, because we mm. live in the same town. I think that he knows that if I'm going to do this consistently, it will come to a point where I'm like, hey, why don't you talk to me on a microphone yeah. and, and let me record it and we'll see what comes of it. So yeah. he's like, it's like, I need to be knowing specifically what you're talking about so that I can, <laughs> so that I can, like, prepare yeah. some type of, like, responses, you know? Yeah. And that preemptive rebuttal. Right. So last year... He went on his third deployment, right? Yeah. And this was, like, the most fucking secret one, like, hasn't been able to talk about anything, which is totally mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah. mad respect to the U.S. Navy, right? 100%. And um, <clears throat> so we're talking about, like, immigration. And woman one, right, is trying to have a conversation with me, but... Like, you can tell with the, by the way that she's talking, she's trying to make a point, but doesn't make the actual point yeah right and that thing you can just like scrape like you can like flip the bowl over and scrape it out with that thing right there where i mean that's what it's no i mean you can like continue to i just mean when it's done gotcha Um, okay so sorry um so she's trying to to make a point to me right but isn't actually making it because every time she talks it's about something else like it's a it's a new talking point it's a new something else so she's not actually arriving at any type of conclusion what kind of talking points are we talking about like what kind of issues are being brought up we need to think about the kids right and it's all about the children and when people come here 
Like, you may only think that the ideals that they carry are fucked up because that's the way that you're raised in America and that's the way that you're indoctrinated. So are we talking... Right? Kevin, right? Like, sorry, my father-in-law, when he is, like, when he's talking about this, he's saying, like, it takes three generations... Yes. Before something to get, like, wiped out of the culture, right? So if you kill somebody's grandparents, they're going to remember that. And they're going to tell their kids. And their kids will will tell their kids. And then they won't care about it anymore. But it takes that long, right? So it takes 100 years, essentially, for something to be... Forgotten. Right. Right? And so he's like, that, that to him, is like, that's why we have military bases in all these countries. Mm -hmm. Because we go there. Something fucked up happens. We can't just leave. Like, you can't just go because that's because that's when some type of crazy insurrection happens and you start getting fucked up. Libya. Yes. So. So that's his rationale. Right. He's like, that's like why people are there. And she's like, that's just what you think, because you were raised in this militaristic culture and all this stuff. Right. He's like, no, I think that. Because I remember um, when I was in the desert and I was trying to give a kid food and he threw a fucking grenade at me. Yeah, that'll probably so, change your mind. So, sh- mind you, this is the woman that's like dating him. Right? She <laughs> yeah. doesn't. She doesn't stop and she's like, "Oh fuck, you're right." Like because it's not like you're just talking to me about this. Yeah. Less than a year ago, you were in the fucking desert somewhere that you can't tell anybody, nope. and you're telling me the kid was fucking throwing a grenade at you. Yes. Right. So. I'm not going to stop and consider yeah. that. I'm going to continue on with, well, don't you think that, like, that's more of the parents' fault for, like, that kid doing that? Oops. So I said to her, I'm not going to say to you that the parents aren't at fault here, but I also am not going to say to you that in America, if you're 10 years old, if you fucking kill somebody, you're still going to go to jail. Something you're still happen. going to prison. Yeah. Like, it's not like they take your parents to prison instead because they're like, you fucked this kid up. And now we're going to do what we can to to make him better and give him to someone else. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. We're going to put him in prison and we'll do what we can there. But if he's fucked up, you know, it's also not always the parents' fucking fault. Like, I'm not saying that those are the same situations. Yeah. But to say that the child... And so I continue to ask her. I'm like, I don't believe that that absolves the child of guilt. No. Because just because he may have been indoctrinated that way by his parents, because he still had to choose to throw that fucking grenade, he still yeah. had to choose to shoot that person. Yep. Even, excuse me, even if he believes that you know that's he's the scum of the earth. Yes. Right. And I, I generally believe, like I generally agree with you on that. And I think um, there's just when it comes down to something. I mean, it's you can take this conversation in two different ways. I mean. You can look at it domestically, which is one story, and then you look at it in a like a foreign theater of war, like in Afghanistan right. or Syria, and it is a completely different story. So depending on which aspect of it you're talking about, if you're talking about the kid actually throwing the grenade, and you're in, you know you're out basically overseas in the Middle East is where we're yeah. talking about, then there's uh, there's different reasons there why he would do that yes. than like say. You know, in this case, what I'm thinking of is like all the school shootings that that go on these days. It's like that. I think has a lot more to do with say the parents and very specific reasons, probably, versus overseas. You're talking cultural differences. Right. You're talking. I mean, there is just endless differences over there. Like 
and reasons why that could be happening. So you right. cannot rush to judgment until you, unless you live there and you know those experiences, then you can't even pretend to understand what you're talking about, right. which is, yeah, which so, is unfortunate. But. So she, the point that I, and I can only draw this conclusion because, like I said, she never actually made a fucking point. Like, she just would mm-hmm. continue to, when I would, like, and it wasn't an argument. Like, you've known me for long enough to know that when I get hyped up and I get fucking upset, you know, and I wasn't upset. Like, I'm sitting here talking to you probably more animated than I was at the dinner table this night, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm having, yeah. like, an actual conversation, like, being reasonable. My wife would attest to it, you know, and yeah. she's known me, she knows me better than anybody. That yeah. Like, I was not upset. So the point that I have to, like, assume that she's main because she says, like, so you don't think that, like, that kid deserves, you know, like, a fair chance to, like, come to America? Um, Fuck no. Oh, Fuck no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think that that kid who threw a grenade at an American soldier has the same right to come here as somebody who did not throw a grenade at an American soldier yeah. and is just trying to make his fucking way. I definitely, you know? I definitely see your point there. <laughs> because yeah. those are it's not totally the same fucking thing. Totally <laughs> those are so not now, the same fucking thing. Let me ask you this, though. So, that kid, that 10-year-old kid that threw a grenade. Yes. In 10 years from now, when he's 20 years old, and he has a different view of the world, let's say. I mean, let's say he has a much more Western view of the world then, Mm -hmm. and he wants to come into the United States. Is that, like, what are your feelings on it then? I think that... Does that that change it at all? As long as he's vetted, you know, like, like as long as... As long as he's vetted and, and we can hope that he's honest, you know, like if he comes through and they're asking him like, yo, so you're from, you're from fucking Afghanistan, right? Yeah. 10 years ago when you were a kid you in, were like a child when you were a kid in, in herbal Iraq, right? Yeah. Were, were you involved in like any of this, you know, any of the fucking fighting or anything like that? And he's yeah. like, yes. Like, regrettably, you know, like mm-hmm. I was, like I have, you know, this is, I got record of what I've been doing. Like I'm trying to mm-hmm. do some real shit. Like. <clears throat> yeah it's I, you know not that he should be left to his own devices like after that one meeting happens like yeah. there should still I don't know you know it's it's, it's this it's obviously like a you know yeah. a weird like is, area but and that's the whole point the whole yeah. point is that there is no yes or no answer there's no one size like well no you can't it was like well what if later on you know has he has he burnt, burnt that bridge already? Right. It's something he did when he was 10 years old. He's still connected to people that... Yeah. I mean, we never know. I mean... Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else you can really do about it. It just... I mean, how do you do that other than you either err on the side of safety and say, hey, man, sorry, but... Right. You know, that, that one thing that you did was too unforgivable in the system. It's not... We're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. There's plenty of other... You know, westernized nations that would probably accept you, but like an arrow that says C nine eleven, like you know, maybe, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just as an example, like maybe, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's the same to bring it into like a more personal level. Yeah, it's the same concept as forgiving like a really good friend or a girlfriend or a spouse or something after they did something to you. After they fucked one of your friends or something? Yeah. Basically, it's like, if you've done something that is basically unforgivable to you, I mean, when is it okay for you to accept them back in your life? Is it ever okay to just say like, well, no, you're gone. I'm I'm never going to talk to you again. 
Because I'll tell you, like, I've, I absolutely am that person that if I get burned real hard, I'm walking away and never looking back at you again. Yeah. But does it work on a national level like that? You know, when you're looking about, you, I mean, these are all people we're talking about. We're all mm-hmm. flawed and screwed up. But at what point is, is something so unforgivable that you say, well, no, we'll never allow you in the country anymore. Yeah. And that's, I don't have a, I mean, I have a strong humanitarian position. Certainly. But I also have a very strong, you know, cultural reason why I don't think, you know, maybe, maybe when you do that at 10 years old and you're yeah. a child soldier, like, that's just, I'm sorry, man. You know, shitty roll of the dice, maybe. But I don't know if I would be okay with that, you know. But it's impossible to say. Yeah. Because until, like, you actually met that person, how are you going to know? And so it's it's one of those issues that you don't... I think there's no right or wrong answer. You're either going to err on the side of safety or you're going to err on the side of kind of humanitarian... <clears throat> liberal freedoms or something yeah you know there's other than that we don't know so so woman one is trying to chalk it up to a culture right and like that's just a culture they're from you gotta like do whatever and what about the culture my argument to that is like well if you're talking about culture and talk about immigration we're talking about immigration to america yeah so if you want to talk about culture then we need to talk about american culture and how well they're going to fit into that right because it doesn't mean immigrating here obviously doesn't mean you fucking abandon like the culture that you left, but you to a certain extent have to adapt to American culture to exist here, you know? Yeah. And the people who don't are the ones that have a hard time existing here. So just as if you immigrated or you moved to some other part of the country, like someplace in the Middle East, or maybe even something like a, a, a more Western nation like South Africa. Yeah. If you move to there, I mean, you're going to have to fit in. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it. I mean, what is... It's like high school. What is high school but a giant assimilation machine? Right. Where you have to find your pocket of existence <laughs> and then you just fit you just, into that. You just go into through. another high school. Yeah. You know? And so... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same concept, I think. But so... so sh- black and white, you know, as right or wrong as that may, may be, it's like, I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, if you go someplace, whether it's America... Or Spain or South Africa, like you're going to have to sim- assimilate to the way they live their lives. Yeah. And that is, I don't see why we can't hold that same threshold. So she, so she says to me, she's like, well, there are plenty of cultures where like it would be unacceptable for you and I to be having this conversation right now. Right. Yeah. And I said, I I word, but I wouldn't say that those are like, westernized fucking cultures like we are talking about yeah. right they're like where it would be like not cool you know because you're like a woman and she stops and she says who says that it's because i'm a woman well what are we do- Why so you- i'm like first of all it's not what we're fucking talking about like that doesn't matter like it whatever whether so i said to her i said so so i didn't say that right i didn't say what's the fucking difference i said to her i took a breath and i was like Okay, so I did assume, right, because it is more common on the globe for it to be, you know, whatever, for you to be the problem than for me to be the problem, right? So I said, I said, but honestly, what's the difference, right? Because 
it puts one of us down. Like, so what's the difference either way? Like, if it's not cool because you're a woman and you're talking to me or because I'm a man and I'm not talking and I'm talking to you, like, what's the fucking difference? Yeah. You know? There's so no woman, difference. so woman two who's sitting over here, right? One of our, one of our family friends that we see all the time. She says, well, if you're talking about social structure, fucking what the fuck ever, then there are plenty of cultures where, you know, you would be considered a threat. And so I said to her, I oh, said, yeah. I didn't say that that doesn't exist. I said, I said that I couldn't think of one. And she mm-hmm. says, I know. That's why I gave you one. Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> wait, no, you fucking no. didn't. Like, telling me that an example exists is not giving me an example. No. Like, those aren't the same fucking thing. You said the same thing that I did. I'm sure that one exists, but I can't think of one. And it doesn't matter, because that's not what the fuck we're talking about. No. Like, we're talking about immigrating to America. We are talking about American immigration policy. Yes. Why does any of that fucking matter about how I would assimilate somewhere else or the reason that I feel a certain fucking way? I already live here. I already am here. Yeah. I was born here. Why the fuck does that matter? Exactly. Like, it's... <laughs> Uh, oh, what was it? I was I just had the perfect line for that, but oh, it's it's kind of like uh, I think really what it gets down to is the is the the kind of facts versus feelings argument. Um, you know, people, you know, which again turns back into a humanitarian type of feeling. Like you wanna you wanna treat everybody as if they're all Americans. And, you know, strictly at the end of the day, they're not. They're not. We're the only Americans. And I'm sorry. Like, I understand for you that you want the whole world to be America. I get it. But it's not. But it's not. And you need to, you actually need, at that point, to have a little respect for their own culture and the way they do things. And as wrong as we think it is, you know, as ass backward as we think that is, like, you still just, I mean, if you understand that that's the way they are, right. that's fine. And then you act accordingly to how they act towards you. And, you know, sometimes, yes, there's military conflicts. And, you know, especially when you talk about the Middle East, there's some major conflicts, like yes. violent conflicts. <clears throat> there's a reason that there's violent conflict. And that's, but you can't assume everyone in that area thinks the way you do and has the same values you do because, because frankly they, they don't. don't they don't in in possibly Canada, not in even Canada, a majority you know yeah, in in a place as westernized as westernized as canada which more or less is unrecognizable yeah I mean, the if you walk from like niagara from if you go up to niagara new york and you go from the u.s side to the canadian side there's not a real big difference yeah like, we're all just we're all basically the same still they may follow a couple different rules that we don't or vice versa but you know we're pretty similar but they're still starkly different in their value system yeah which is why they have different rules but when you're looking at something like the Middle East it's in a whole other part of the fucking globe it's a whole other you know yeah totally different you know and I think I don't know maybe it's just because I've traveled a lot and I've seen a lot of different cultures and you know I think a lot of that has to do with how people travel but that's another conversation altogether but until you appreciate that there are severe cultural differences from country to country to country you know I don't know if you necessarily have the respect you should towards other cultures 
you know? Yeah. Um, unless you, like, again, if, if you err on the side of safety and security, that kind of thing, those are very logical things to fall back on, you know? Once you take the jump onto the, you know, protect every person like they're an American too, you're assuming a whole lot of things I don't think you should assume. Right. It's very, very dangerous, but, you know. That's kind of, I could see how somebody could think like that, but unfortunately, I think that way of thinking is incredibly dangerous. You know, it can lead to some very dark things, dark places yeah. that we don't want to go to. So I, so after Woman 2 said that, I was just like, word. And, <laughs> and it just happened upstairs, so I just stopped talking, and Jordan was like, Hey, I'm gonna go downstairs for a second, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm done. Like, I'm done up here. I'm I'm fucking over it." And, like, <laughs> and I I was irritated, right? And I was irritated because I was trying to have, and this this is something that happens obviously like a lot in the world. I was yeah. trying to have like an objective conversation about the How way that something you? worked, and it like it less than a minute before like it becomes emotional, you know. It, Degenerated like, into something that wasn't even and, recognizable as a conversation. And it frustrated the fuck out of me, right? And mm-hmm. and it bugged me for, for probably like two days. Like, I, w- I wasn't like fucking crying or anything, but I was like constantly thinking about it. Like, oh, yeah. the interaction, and I just was like, I came to like to the idea, right, that I wrote down here. I was like, it's like, how do I know, like, if I'm being too sensitive, like in the conversations that I'm having, or if I just am currently existing like in a climate or like in a place where that like does not align with my political views and like personal views like yeah. am i just like am am i like you know like an i like for lack of a better term like an outcast like in this like in this area because we live in the pacific northwest because we live like in this time am i like too you know like am i you know, do you know what I'm saying? I like, absolutely understand. And or am I just being too sensitive to, to the way that things are? Well, I think it can be like taken happening. a couple ways, um, to be honest. Um, I think, well, I'm going to steal this from somebody. And I, I'm pretty sure it was a, um, let's see here. He was a, he's a cognitive psychologist named uh, Steven Pinker. Yeah, I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and he was talking about some of this stuff. And I'm wondering—I believe it was him. I could be wrong, you know. Uh, I don't want to spread misinformation, but I'm hoping this is pretty correct. Um, I believe I did about, listen to most of that one. Uh, he was—he was talking about how he would say that people are divided. Do we just lose power? Mm-hmm. Huh? Good thing we. Uh, Got a battery life. Yes, I actually <laughs> plugged this in several hours That's ago beautiful. And because I thought up. that that might happen. That was crazy. So I guess it's pretty windy outside. It is, and keyboard is oh well. Notorious. Keyboard is older than shit. So <laughs> you know, it's really just like it, because the base is right there. Yeah, it gets power back pretty quick. Yeah. So the first one was the first power company. And yeah. that's a second power company. So <laughs> we'll see. If it turns back on, that's a good sign. But the fact that it turned off the second time is not so good. Wow. So Talk about local issues. But we got a full, you know, almost a full battery here. So we'll run. Yeah, we'll be all right. Certainly as long as we can. Yeah. And especially looks, if it keeps popping Looks like off. we're good. Well, that's company two. That's company, company two. two. So I think that I we're... I believe in you guys. You can I make think, it happen. I think we're golden here. That's fine. Yeah. The Apple TV is blinking over there. I think the Sensi's back on. We got the light. I think that we're. I think we're golden. Yeah, we're charging back over here. So. All right. So I think getting back to 
Yeah, uh, sorry was, about that. We were that. talking about... Uh, yeah, I was, was going to get to a point that... Uh, Steven Pinker. I believe Steven Pinker brought up. And it categorizes people, more or less, into three different categories. And now, stop me if you've heard this, and I'm hoping that this is the right episode. I listen to so many different people talk about the these time. kind of things, it's hard to remember. Yeah. So if I get it wrong, I forgive me. But, um, basically, he says people are either wolves, sheep, or sheepdogs. Yes. Was that that episode? I'm yes, sure it I believe that it was Steven Pinker, and I yeah. do. I did listen to that. So, right? and I was I was talking to my wife the other night about this exact same thing. But the way I think of it was, it's people like us, people like you and me, that are trying to see things objectively and have honest conversation. You know, um, low grade members of the intellectual dark web as um, Eric Weinstein has lovingly uh, dubbed it. It's the Alexa, I'm sorry. Oh, the Alexa's talking to us because of the power. Oh. But uh, are we going to lose it again? It's struggling. It's windy out there. It's windy up here in Washington State, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Windy up here. It's beautiful outside. It looks like a summer day, but it's it's windy. Yep. So anyways. Dude, struggles out here. So we're, when you think of people in America, more or less. Um, there's, like I said, sheepdogs, sheep, and wolves. Yeah. Right? And the wolves are the bad actors. You know? Um, they are generally leaders or have good leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the problem is that the, the way they lead or their goals, um, their outcome that they're looking for is nefarious in some way it's not it runs counter to the american creed yeah you know and uh then you have the the sheep who basically well we'll get to the sheep later um the sheep dogs are people like i said like us people like i mean joe rogan dave rubin ben shapiro even you know uh jordan peterson you know gad sad and, and many 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 others um the gadfather yeah the gadfather He's a great, but um, but it, it's people that are trying to find factual information, trying to figure, get to the bottom of things, right? You know, uh, social issues, political issues, what have you, and you know, those are the people that you really want to, you really want looking out over the sheep. You know, when you get those wolves, um, for example, like a wolf, if he goes into politics. Um, which is something about just the nature of politics makes even the the most loyal sheepdog a little wolfish. Yeah. Something about that machine right now. But anyways, you get these wolves that come in and they, they start wearing the sheep's clothing. So it's a wolf in sheep's clothing that's sitting there and he's trying to fool everybody to follow him. You know, I'm going to lead you to the right place. Really, and he's, his outcome is very dangerous. It's right. not where we want to go. And you get the the loyal true sheepdogs that are really trying to find out what the right path is. And then once they find it, they're trying to get people to, you know, Hey, we're we're going this way, guys. We don't know where we're going yet. We just know it's better than their path. And, you know, let's all kind of work our way this way. We're no longer on the right path. Right. You know, which is once you get into politics, it gets really tough. Like I said earlier, because it requires that little bit of wolf. So, uh, in a, when you're talking 
say like the president for example mm -hmm. um, the position itself requires a, a 100% pure sheepdog in my mind he needs to be a leader he or she I should say needs to be a leader of the people and he needs to be a benevolent leader he needs to be doing things the right way for the greater good what have you he needs to be righteous and logical and the you know that way you know people like uh, for example you look at somebody like uh, Barack Obama he was an amazing leader um, and he got countless people involved in like in interested in Washington and in politics yeah. even on a base level but like that's extremely powerful he was a, an amazing sheepdog more or less um, depending on well I don't want to call him a sheepdog he was an amazing leader yeah which means you're either a sheepdog or a wolf leaders are always one of the two that's that's the difference between sheep sheep are like the regular people that aren't really that interested in issues they don't really lead or do anything they just kind of want to you know they got enough shit going on with work and family and blah 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 like they just want to get by so anyways then you have the leaders on the outside and now I kind of forgot where I was going with this but Barack um, Obama oh Obama yeah so you get an amazing leader like him right yeah and there's a lot of people especially uh, people that are on the left side politically that think of him as the ultimate sheepdog but then you get a good amount of people including myself that see him more like a wolf in sheep's clothing he's acting like a benevolent leader with all the right answers but I don't I think there's some more nefarious things going on there when it comes to like the principles I talked about earlier yeah. in the American Creed because that's what I am trying to protect and when I see somebody like him who is a, a very uh, uh, he was a great speaker and a great orator. Yeah. Um, when I see somebody like with that much charisma and that much leadership power, and if they have dangerous ideas, it gets kind of scary. But anyways, but that's I think the problem with the presidency, to be honest. But that's another conversation. But I think ultimately it all leads back to that conversation you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think what this is, this is this is a sheep that's trying to, to escape. But the problem is that she's falling on, on the side of kind of being a wolf because she's becoming, or is, um, more ideological. Yeah. Um, which is what wolves are. Wolves are the ultimate ideologues. Um, and you get somebody like that who's a sheep trying to become a wolf in sheep's clothing and it's, it kind of makes it really hard to have a conversation well, and I'm pretty sure the last thing that she said to me was, <clears throat> I'm just saying that I don't think that immigration is such a broad issue and that it should be dealt with on like maybe a little bit more case by case basis. And I said, I never disagree <laughs> with that. And that, like, that's how I know because yes, that of course. you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because I never even fucking said that. Like, yep. those words never came out that, of my mouth. That, that was not the that same That fuck everybody or everybody should come in. Like, that is so funny. Because... Like, what the fuck, man? That The conversation you were having 
had nothing to do with that outcome. <laughs> nothing at, at all. all. Absolutely nothing. Oh. Like, and that's how I also know that you so didn't listen to anything that I actually fucking said because I never said anything like that. Exactly. Like, I never, you know, and it wasn't an argument, but it's a conversation to the point where, like, I never said that. Like, no, you're, no. like, making a point to me at the end, like, yeah. this is my counterpoint. And I'm like, I never fucking said that. Like, a counterpoint yeah. to what? Like, I don't... <laughs> that's so funny. Like, so... So I got irritated, and that's when I went yeah. downstairs. Well, let me like, ask you a question, then, like, uh, I mean, it sounds kind of heartless when you say it, but do you think some people are just not, I don't want to say intelligent enough, but they're just not interested enough to really have a strong opinion on that? I think that it's really, really, really hard to teach yourself really hard. to take emotion out of the conversation that you're having with somebody. 100%. You know, and I think that that's like one of the one of the values that I took from the conversations that you and I used to have when we worked together yeah. is that we were at work so I couldn't get fucking mad at yell at you. Like <laughs> I, you know like I couldn't get upset like yeah. like even if I got frustrated I had to continue to like be even toned and like I, you know I don't get fucking uppity but like like I still had to have a reasonable conversation with you and I couldn't yeah. be like you're a fucking idiot like because you know <laughs> like so you have to learn like you know, it's it's a hard thing to do. So absolutely, and, and when you're not in a position like that, where you're, you know, like jump into the deep end like that, yeah. where like you don't have any fucking choice but to just have a reasonable conversation, like it's hard to. I think it's really hard to. Absolutely, I think. You know, I especially like going back to the conversations me and you used to have, like what started off this relationship. I guess you, for lack of a better word. Um, it's, it's the fact that, yeah, like we used to have, I think we still do on some things, I think more or less, but um, I mean, we used to have some pretty stark differences in the way we perceive the world. You know, some people would call that personal politics, but realistically, what are politics other than how you see the world? Right. But um, I think through those uh, <laughs> mediated conversations, you know, with the uh, benevolent mediator that was work. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, we were we, we were both probably a lot more. I think you actually brought this up to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But like, we used to be a lot more. I used to be a lot more right wing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, a lot of pretty right ish. The no spin zone mug. I'll no never, spin I'll zone never mug forget every that. Every day, I used to love me some Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> And then, yeah, we won't even get, yeah, we'll just say, I, lost, I lost touch with him before his massive, you know, his latest massive controversy. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, you weren't even on him, like, any of the time that no, we were talking. No, like, not, that was That was a while ago. Yeah. But that was, uh, there was a point in my but, young adult life that I was very, I was much more conservative. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, to the point where it was not so good, I, th- I think now, but, um. And then I think you, at the same time, were a lot more left-wing leaning. Very. And just through our conversations and the the thinkers and talkers, you know, that we both listened to, we kind of brought each other towards the middle. And I think that's a just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a. Um, oh, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's certainly a value that I've taken from. From our friendship together, yeah, it's just 
it's being more reasonable, more open-minded, you know? Yeah. Just trying to think things through to their logical conclusion. And it's uh, it's, it's real hard to just... I mean, it's real hard to get away from those feelings like you're talking yeah. about. It's like, if you are passionate about something, sometimes you can't even explain why. Yeah. But And so it's really hard to divorce that from, like, the way you think. And I'd like to add, it's not just something that I've noticed personally in myself. Like, it's something that, like, my brother and my wife have discussed. Like, yeah. that... Donovan is is much more open to like listening to what people have to say instead of being like no that's fucking stupid and yeah. then saying like what he thinks you yeah. know so that's how it used to be all the time like which is not a good quality like it's it's very off putting you know too it, yeah until um, uh, yeah I will be the first to say yeah it can it can be yeah um, and actually one of my best friends um, shout out to the East Coast right now uh, when we first met uh, it was a work situation and I. I believe I've told him this, so hopefully he's not hearing this for the first time. But like when he when we first met, I did not care for his company. Yeah, because he was very loud and very, uh, you know, in public places, and I, I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're making a fool out of yourself. But he taught me that like just being around that, um, he taught me that like that's how you are supposed to live life you're not supposed to try to fit in and like kind of you know no be yourself right you know and then but yeah that kind of loud abrasive personality I'm very familiar with it yeah yeah I mean I think once you kind of it's I think a good way to kind of get over a lot of you know like that uh, I don't want to use like a lefty term, but like implicit bias that everybody's kind of talking about mm-hmm. is if you just start to accept people for the way they are and then just look at the way they act right. around you. And if it starts to affect you, then then you can start to get concerned. But if it doesn't affect you and all it does is really affect you in positive ways, like, yeah. like with my buddy out east, like he's, I've actually learned that like he was freaking hilarious. Like, we'd be walking around the mall, and he just would, like, I don't know, something would come to his mind, and he'd, like, say, he'd, like, scream it out loud, really loud, and, like, everybody would, like, look at us, and then he'd, like, laugh and run off or something like that, but, like, I, I, I used to get embarrassed at that kind of stuff, and then I realized, like, dude, this yeah. is hilarious, this is fun, this is a good way to live life. Well, and it's, like, everybody, <clears throat> everybody sees life through their own fucking kaleidoscope, Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's just like we're saying, it's tough to, to take that fucking, move that shit away from your eye to be able oh, to yeah. like have a, to really take a look at something, you know, mm-hmm. and see like, especially when you talk about immigration or something political, what, what is yeah. probably going to be best for like the country, yeah. you know, like ec- all of the, however many fucking millions of people that live here, you know, you want to talk about doing like, something for the greater good, right? the greater good choice is usually the harder choice which right. is usually the factual choice that runs counter to the way you feel yeah because um, again you're kind of erring on the side of safety at that point so yeah I mean it just it could be kind of harsh but I think that's ultimately a safer choice you know yeah but you know it's funny I don't even know can you see how long we've been doing this right now yeah, 43 minutes. 43 minutes? 43 minutes, 48 seconds. So we're like almost an hour into it. I haven't got to one, one thing. That was one. And that was only the one talking point that yeah, I had. It's a good sign. Here. Because that's, so. I feel like it's really important. I think that's part of the reason 
we're in the state we are in America these days because, uh, well, there are a couple aspects, and I don't want to take an hour getting into them, but <laughs> because I will do that, and I will totally forget this. Um, but I think ultimately it comes down to the way we get information. And I think due to a couple things again, but like the internet is a, is a yeah. big, as wonderful as it is, it has pointed out a serious flaw. And it's the fact that conversation does not take place anymore, except in an extremely short form. Yeah. And short form communication is not, ref- it's not preferable. Mm, not conducive to. It's it because to find out to get to the bottom of something. You know, and that's why we have political hot button issues. Because, right. Because those are the those are the conversations we need to have the long talks with with multiple people. You know, it's not a a quick fix, and without the ability to have a long conversation again, we're never going to get to the bottom of it. And so that's. I think why a forty a forty five minute rant on one issue is perfectly <laughs> one fine conversation to and that maybe took twenty minutes. And that's going to be what this show is about. Yeah, is this this show this it's just us having those conversations. Yeah, you know, hopefully one day we can bring people in and, and have conversations with other people because after a while, me and your views just I mean then we're just going to be preaching our own our own views. We need other right. people to come in. Right. Um, what you got there? Uh, so, moving on. There's God. There's so many. Where do I want to start? That's that's real heavy. We pick don't need to pick get your into that pick right your now. favorite one. Yeah. Let's do um. Just on a a fun note. Did you have? Do you follow Jordan Peterson on any kind of social media? On or Twitter. YouTube. On Twitter. On yes. YouTube? The only s- person I really watch on YouTube is Philly D. Okay. Oh, I love Philly D. Yeah. But shout uh, out Philly D. Yeah, definitely shout out to Philly D. And anybody who's listening, if you do not know who Philip Franco is on YouTube, I highly recommend uh, looking him up and watching his show. He's he's a, a, a member of the intellectual dark web, I think. <laughs> yes. At heart, yes. for sure. And he just doesn't know yes. it yet. He's one of us. He just who said that? Him. Eric Weinstein. Weinstein. Eric Weinstein. That's oh, he brought that. it up the other day. That's what the, right, the right, intellectual right. dark web. Yeah. That's that's who said that. Yeah, because that's ultimately who we're talking about here. It's these yeah. types of people. But that's quite the fucking but anyways, concept right there. Right. The intellectual dark. That's web. Eric, I fuck with that. In a well, that's way. the way Eric Weinstein thinks. He yeah. is. He's a deep thinker. So yeah, another shout out to Eric. And his brother Brett. And his brother Brett. That's right. Washington. Everyone in college, fuck you guys. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Shout out to Brett Weinstein. Yep. Had to pay that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what you got on that paper? No, that's... Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was... I follow uh, Jordan Peterson on YouTube yes. last night. And I was going through his thing. And it's either last night or night before. He had a... He posted like a little trailer of something. And it was a interview he did with Russell Brand. On really? Russell Brand's podcast. No and I shit. guess he has a YouTube show too. So I watched the trailer. And say you say what you want about Russell Brand. He is a he's become a rather deep thinker. Fuck yeah. And uh, he has amazing things to say. And wh- I, you know, of course, this is going to be rule of thumb on this show. 
I don't agree with everything he says. No. I just don't want to say that every single time I talk about a human who is different than me. That goes for both of us. Exactly. It's just... Certainly yeah. nobody that we talk about do we agree with everything that they say or yeah. align with everything that they say. But we may not even like most of the things that they say or fucking anything. Yeah. We yeah. might just yeah. like just the way that they say it or, you know, whatever. But... Especially it's... because when you really think about it, how much do you know about yourself? Right. How, and you're going to assume you know everything about someone else. Yeah. But regardless of that. How many people love fucking Bill Cosby until like five years ago? Exactly. And now he's touring again. Do you know that? <laughs> no shit. That is, oh, incredible. good God. Yeah, that's oh, a whole other thing. Oh, good God. But oh, Bill going Cosby. back to uh, JBP, um, yeah, he did a Russell Brand show. And I watched, I think, about I don't know, half hour or so of it the other that's night. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, I highly recommend it. That was yeah. pretty cool. I just It was a little thing I wanted to bring up because um, I think... Russell's podcast and show is called Under the Skin, I want to say. Mm. Could be wrong, but... It's kind of creepy. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's got he's got a hell of a backstory. He's a weird guy. He's an interesting, definitely, to, to yeah. say the least. But, uh, I don't know. We could talk about uh, what's in the news right now. The biggest thing is uh, the latest school shooting. And yes. the fallout, I would say. So... Not to sound insensitive, but I really don't want to rehash the how terrible it is. No. Just no, 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 no. Every no. single school shooting is terrible. It's horrible. And I, I hate... It's a fucking tragedy, I and it should never happen, happen, you know? Yeah. And I just... I feel like because they happen so often now, uh, the conversation is struck up afterwards. Yes. But the problem is, I think everybody's having the wrong conversation. Yeah. And, and this time, I feel like there's a little bit more of it, which is good, a little bit focused more on the problem, I think. Yeah. But... Um, so let I mean, me. So we'll okay, talk about the reaction to it. Yeah. If you if you want to, because I don't want to get into it, because of course right. it's it's pretty black and white. It's terrible. So let me ask you real quick. Out. So you, do you still listen to the daily every day? Uh, not every day. So but, yeah, I, especially I didn't listen to that one because, like I said, I know the well, same conversation so, that's going to happen. So I thought that it was good, mm. right? Because I, I listened to it every day. I got I got. I'm sure it was. So. Um, and I thought that it was a little bit different, actually, than the ones before, so you should maybe consider okay, going back good. and listening to it, right? Um, and I actually personally think that <clears throat> because the New York Times has, like, a reputation for being, like, like left-leaning, you know? Yeah. I feel like the Daily has been... Which I think we should preface. The Daily, oh, as that right there, the title amazing. of it is called The Daily. It's yeah. A, it's a short-form podcast yes. from the New York Times. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. New York right. Times every day. Marco Barbaro, shout out to the yeah, to the MB. Highly recommend. Yes, just, that's a that's if you're a if you're going to listen to one podcast every single day, you know, and you've got thirty minutes, <laughs> like that would be yeah. one that if you only got thirty minutes, yeah. you know, that would be one that I would certainly consider. The yeah. Wall Street Which Times think, or the Wall Street you know, Journal has like I, a super I have good podcast too. Stuff to add to that, but we'll get to that after we talk about this. Yes. So, so, so personally, I feel like they have been way more central lately. Like, way more centrist, which I f- super fucking appreciate. Oh, yeah. Right? Because they, yeah, they kind of teetered a little yes. that way for a while. And so the they so they talked, this podcast about the school shooting was about, like, the history behind the AR-15. Oh, right? And, really? like, yeah, like, that's what this podcast was about, was that the AR-15 originally was designed as the AR-10, right? Mm-hmm. When, when the M4... Was still in circulation. I should know right? this, by the way, but I'm Some, not going to. 
I had no fucking idea. Uh, but with I don't know that much about guns either. But um, so when the M4 was still like the you know the active duty service rifle, right? Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a new one. Somebody I don't remember his name. He designed the AR10, right? Okay. And they just didn't really fuck with it. The army didn't really like it, and they was like, "But will you make a smaller one?" Mm. Right. So he designed the AR-15, mm-hmm. right, which they turned into the M-16, which they used in Vietnam, right, because this oh, was right wow. before Vietnam. So this is back back in the day. Right. So the AR-15 is, as people know, the civilian version of the M-16. Like that yes. is what that it's is, the right? Civilian version of the yeah, the old M-4 M-16. Right. So regardless of what anybody says about anything, mm-hmm. the roots of the AR-15 was in the military. Well, yeah. Was like like that's that like what the saying. yeah I mean, that's and, the, where all guns stem from. Yeah, and Michael Barbaro said, you know, the credit that I gave to him, but he said one thing that I did not, that I guess it was interesting to me. Right, he said that after talking to this gun expert about all this stuff and the history of the whatever, and you know, they're talking about how in a lot of places there's like a waiting period on a handgun but not on an AR-15 you know and like stuff like that and you can go in there and he gave the guy gave examples of states that like you could go in there and like there may be a three day waiting period on a pistol but you may or may not be able to walk in and out with an AR-15 same day and there's a reason for that yes and so and I don't know that they you know went exactly into that and the thing that I didn't necessarily agree with was Michael Barbaro questioned him and the question that he asked him maybe not exactly this but he said, why would the AR-15, which is, like, arguably the most, one of the most lethal civilian weapons to have, why would that be easier to get than, like, a handgun, which is, like, possibly less lethal, right? And the thing that I didn't agree with is, I would argue that any bullet is just as lethal as the other, that's right? The like, point. and that's, that's what I didn't agree with. I do understand that, like... You know, you can have, like, more rounds than an AR-15, probably. You know, like, there are, like... Yeah. It's, it may be easier to, like, get more rounds off, you know? Or, like, yes. reload quicker or something. But I wouldn't yeah, I mean, go as far quicker, to say right? that one is more lethal than the other. Because, yeah. like, lethality has to do with, like, how quick it kills somebody. And if I shoot you in the head with a, with a pistol or shoot you in the head with an AR-15, you'll probably die in the same yeah. I like, mean, I would say amount of time. You know what I'm saying? when you're talking AR-15, it's yeah. probably less lethal than a pistol is um, just because the majority of calibers that pistols come in are much heftier than yeah because they are built for you know pistols are designed for self-defense right even when you in buy the, them in a store as a civilian a military, yeah they're even in a military sense they are designed as a sidearm right as a, a secondary option when you're all out of shit you know, and you're trying to stay alive quarters yeah know, which is why they're so popular for home defense because right you know yeah lots of reasons there but but yeah, definitely on lethality, I'd say no, not at all. Right. I, I would I would argue probably there's other things about a rifle that make it that give it some points in the lethality. The potential, range. like the potential, could be higher, right? Like be. it could be. It is not necessarily, but the potential on a rifle a could be higher, version. right? Yeah. But it's it, like you know, like we agree, it's, it wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that it's more lethal. I would no. argue that it's not more lethal than a handgun. Yeah. It's the same thing. This is right? a point. I, th- like, I mean, this is an issue. I think when it comes to like gun control or gun issues, I think me and you are usually very much on opposite sides here. But 
I think this, especially this <clears throat> perspective on the issue yeah. is, is I think a good place to start. Maybe that's a good conversation for people to start with when they start talking about gun controls is, well, let's, let's decide. It's, I think it's the same conversation that needs to be had as the assault weapon, you know, the quote assault weapon talk, Yeah. you know, because people are always talking about wanting to ban assault weapons. It's like, well, what does assault weapon mean? Like, what is what makes it an assault weapon? Are we talking lethality? You know, so let's talk. Let's have that conversation. Let's talk. Well, is it classified like think. when you buy an AR-15? What's it classified as? Like, is it classified as an assault rifle? Because that's like what people say. I, like, I don't know. Because I, I would think I would think when you're talking about assault weapons, like that's probably because I don't know either what the definition, like what they're I mean, basing assault yeah. weapon on. But that's what I would. Assume you know is that it would be. I would assume that or maybe like based in because like you said, even though all guns like are based in the military, there are a lot of handguns and shit that are just designed to be sold to civilians. You know that they're not like all the pink ones and all that bullshit. Like they're not they're not making that for people in the military. They're making that for you know girls and fucking young women and shit like that. Like so, I I think that that's where they start to. That may be the difference, you know, that where the R-15, like we said, was designed originally for the military, and then was mm -hmm. turned, the AR-10 was designed for the military, yeah. and then turned into something that was, yeah. that I mean, even, I mean, even as soon as you could get it in the military, you could buy it as a civilian. That's what they said in the show, like, you yeah. could buy it during Vietnam as a civilian, you could buy an AR-15, but people didn't. Like, yeah. it wasn't until they did the assault weapons ban during the Clinton administration and when it came back like when it was undone that people started to buy the AR-15 yeah they got pissed off that they couldn't when nobody wanted it you know yep. and then when they could again that's when everybody started to want it yeah right? I can see that um, and, yeah that's see there's so many aspects of guns that people don't like or that people do like you know or that are important people yeah and so yeah, it is hard to have a conversation about guns because, like I said, I don't think you can have a conversation about just guns as a whole. Right. It's like, hey, let's talk about government. It's like, well, can you specify a little bit? Give me a little something to work with? Yeah. And with guns, I don't think it's any different. Like, guns is, is a big issue. You know, it's very broad. A lot of different aspects to look at. And when one of these school shootings happens and everybody starts like, well, we need to ban guns. I mean... This time around, there's been a, I mean, it's a big, there's a, I mean, there's people 17 for, kids, man. Oh, mm. yeah. High schoolers. 17 people, because yeah. they weren't all kids. But, but I mean, the, the problem is we're not even focusing on the, the right issue on this one either. You know, I mean, usually people jump into how did they get the gun, he shouldn't have had the gun, <clears> blah, blah, blah. But in this situation, he purchased le legally. He legally bought the gun. Yeah. But the real question to be to be answered is, you know, it has since come out that, like, the FBI had actually had their eye on this guy right. in a fashion. And knowing what they know now, because um, they have since shared what they knew about him, you're going, hey, yeah, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. And while some of that might be hindsight, there's a great deal in there. I think it is not hindsight. It's pretty, I think it's pretty... I mean, it's, I think it's pretty straightforward. This dude is mentally ill. Right. Has been, always has been. He's, you know, killing small animals and stuff when he was a kid. I mean, there's... 
you know, and then that gets into a totally different conversation about mental right. health. But well, and when it comes to the thing that I took from this, right? And every time, like you said, every time something like this happens, there's a similar yeah. discussion. You yes. know, there's a whole group of people that want to get rid of firearms. There's a whole group of people who think that it's a mental health issue. Personally, I don't see why why it's so divisive. Like why it's so hard to see that maybe it's both. Right, yeah. because personally, like my personal belief on it, right? I don't. When I think about it, I am all for people fucking owning guns. Second Amendment, fucking do you, right? Yeah. I yeah. don't personally understand or believe like the home defense argument for like an AR-15, right? Like my personal belief is like, why is a shotgun not fucking good enough? Is if if you don't want a handgun, like why is is a shotgun not fucking good enough to okay. To do it right, that's my personal like yes. feeling on it. I, I have, it doesn't I seem to, you to me. It seems fucking excessive. Times, like that's fucking excessive to me. Like, and that's perfectly fine that you have that because the you other, don't discriminate the other way. The other side that I think is also, I know that when I go into Bremerton and yep. I go to Fred Meyer, I see no less than two people walking around talking to themselves on the fucking streets that I'm sure are concerning other people. Absolutely. So you, no one can fucking tell me that there isn't some type of mental health problem going on here no. because I can see it. When yes. I go out on into my town that I grew up in, I can see that there are people who should either be on medication or should possibly be in Kitsap Mental Health right up the fucking road from where they're standing, yelling at cars, you know, fucking with traffic, percent. like not being picked up by the police, right? I, I so you can't tell me that's that you too. can't tell me that's not a fucking problem. Absolutely. Right? I also know Maybe it's a little bit too easy to get a fucking gun, right? Okay. If yeah. if if this okay. is a problem that America has and other countries do not, yep. there's obviously a fucking problem here because mental health affects other countries too. It right? does. And even though they handle it differently, right, there is not anywhere near this amount of gun violence. Yeah. So there is obviously some type of problem. You know, whether it's it's too easy, too many people have them, there's too many, the type of gun, whatever the fucking problem is, it seems evident to me that there is some type of fucking problem with the way that people get guns or the access or something, something wrong with the gun yeah, industry, is, you know, that... Yes, which like, is why these types of conversations need to be had the right way. And the people that are in charge of, you know, the people that we choose to lead us need to be have we need to be holding their feet to the fire to have the conversation correctly yeah and <clears throat> so to get back into like that specific problem let's say uh, we could dig into that a little bit about because um, you I don't I forget whether you mentioned the name of the area but we have an area around where we live that uh, is kind of it has slowly over the years kind of become a, a low rent area. It's kind of a impoverished area that yeah. lends itself to all the, the It's not the worst, but it's not you great. Know, but it, you know, and yeah. it's just different than most other places around it. And so crime is usually higher in those types of situations. And it's a smallish town. Like it's, it, oh, it's yeah. like 40,000 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're a town. small like, it's not. county. Yeah. And we even have our little area that's just like that. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, you talk about America as a whole, we all have, we have lots of those little spots, right? Know? And that's because America is so different. 
But that actually brings me to my point is that the reason why we, we have such a hard time, I think, having these conversations is because we are different than everyone else. Like, we can't use the UK as an example. We can't use France as an example. Because even though they are westernized cultures, like, we are the western culture leader. Like, we are the leader in the western culture. And we have been, I think, since, you know, I mean, you could even argue probably as far as World War One. After World War One, getting World War Two, like, yeah, it's when America really became a superpower, you know, if not the superpower for the longest time. So we lead, whether we like to or not, and so it's we hard for us to have that kind of problem and not be able to look at for examples elsewhere, which is why it's so important that we need to talk about these kind of things. But you want to, you don't want to lead in gun violence. Like no, there are some things that I, I, I the do. The whole point is we do lead in gun violence, but why? Is it just because we have guns? Well, yeah. If you look at the UK and you look, it's because they have anti-gun laws. And it's like, well, yeah, but they've never had gun laws like we had, like we've had and have now. But so that doesn't make like, like, like the number oranges. of gun violence acceptable. Like if that doesn't, no, you know, no, like no, no, it no, still no. shouldn't. That shouldn't be like, well, we have five times the amount of guns, but they don't have guns and we do. Like, no. like we don't have, we have the, the five times the amount of gun violence, but we have guns and they don't. No, like no, that no, shouldn't. No. That's not a good not reason to I'm have making. people getting murdered by guns. No, like I'm just, just because to we point have out them. That as something other in the Western world, we can't. Use, we can't look outside of ourselves for these types of answers because we are the only ones with the problems that we have. I don't think for an answer, but I think for at least a not an identical comparison, but for some type of, you know, I think that especially for an issue like this, that is people on people. You know, it's not like America made robots that are killing people and we're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this isn't happening in other places. Like, yeah. this is people killing people. Yeah. So that's something I think that we can look at other places, like I said, not identically because you like to, there are differences, but, but it's still people on people that are fucking getting murdered. I just had a an idea come to my mind about this is when we when we look at like the the differences about the different countries and why I think that they're apples and oranges. Yeah. And now I'm gonna I'm kicking myself because I should have looked this up or I'm going to look it up because it just came to my mind. But I think it's quite possible that the the big stark difference between America and anywhere else in the world is that at the core of our governmental structure, at the core of our laws, the Constitution of the United States, we have something in there about guns. And I don't, like I said, I'm going to have to look into this, but I don't think anyone else out there probably does. And that's probably why we're the only ones with this that type of issue. The The... The, because the way we look at it, I think is is different than anyone else. Because that's our, like I said, this is our thing. Nobody yeah. else does that. I don't think. Well, and I don't. I'm not saying. I, like I said, I, like I'm not saying that it should be identical. Because there's no reason to assume that in a country where they don't have guns, there would be the same amount of gun violence as a country that does have guns. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there's a license for it to be as high as it is. It certainly will be higher because we have guns and they do not. But the statistics, I don't know exactly what they are. I'm about to look them up because they're fucking ridiculous. They're You've stupid. seen them before. They're ridiculous. Yeah, no, they're and there's no way that that is not a justification for that number by any means. Like, at all. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to justify that at all. And I just started thinking about it. It's pretty funny that where we went with that conversation wasn't even where I intended. Um, 
Because what we were actually, because what we're really trying to talk about is like, what can we do about it? Yeah. And I'm just trying to point out that like, we can't, we can, of course, I'm going to look at places like, you know, other places that have gun laws because of course they do. They have the same problems, but I'm, I guess what I was trying to uh, was say was why it, why it's as big an issue as it is to us and nowhere else. Yeah. I'm definitely not arguing the the facts that are in the argument because I know what the facts are. They're disgusting and outrageous, but I guess maybe I want to find out. I mean, we, we both want to find out why. Right. That's the thing. But I probably won't look at other countries as much in the... I won't give them as much weight, I don't think, as I would... Um, what exactly would work for us, you know? Because there's a lot of good systems out there. I think right. we're good attempts to try, but I think right. ultimately have failed. Like, look at Australia. It, you know, it's illegal to own a gun in Australia. So they have that buyback program and all this stuff. But since we are already, say, we're, we're already as deep into it as we are, you know, how many... There's, I think, more guns in America than people that are legally allowed to own them. You know, so, yes, which means, cause certainly. Because you can buy, you can yes. buy multiple guns. So I think there's something like 300-some million guns like that. But. Well, and I think that, I guess, because like, I don't think that we should look to other countries as an example to set our laws, but possibly as like... Take- as like a counterexample almost, you know, like, okay. like, cause, because that's, like we said, that's one aspect of the owning guns is one aspect that you can look at another country and be like, that's not it because yep. that's not a justification for the number. So you got to move on to something else, yep. so but that's, that's one thing on. that is one thing you can look at other countries and be like, that can't be the fucking answer. Like yep. that cannot be the fucking reason. So you move on, you know, yep. you move to something else. Like, I don't think that it's, like I said, I don't think it's a way to help us yeah. make that law. I don't, because like you said, Somebody, other people don't yeah, have it fucking right, you know, but Some it's, people have aspects that we right. can, let's pick that, that out. we can pull and be that. like, that's there's good, that's right. A good idea. Let's, let's take right. a little piece of that. I and think that that's yes, possible. I, I totally you know. agree with you there, actually. And I know, yeah. I don't why remember, would you not look at all the data you can and say, Hey, yeah. what looks like factually that it's working? Let's, let's look at it. Right. Why would you not do that? Cause that's, that's what you should do with everything. Right. Um, but like to bring it back home, what realistically we could do about it, like right here, right now, God, I don't even, I can't even pretend to know, Yeah, you know, cause I don't think, I mean, it's not an easy answer because the minute you go down that road, you are going to destroy a liberty we have written into the constitution. And so we need to really think hard about why we're going to do this. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that. It's necessarily, we can't do it because it's written down there. It's like, well, you can, yeah. If you prove that deep down on a psychological and fundamental level that that is the right thing to do and they did have that wrong, then yeah, obviously do it. But let's make sure that we're right about this. Let's figure out why. Let's make sure we are right before we just say ban all guns let's try it well and I don't know I don't ever see that happening yeah. in America no, I, don't I don't ever think never ever, ever <laughs> do I ever see that no. happening in America where people cannot yeah, own fucking guns yeah I don't but think that's a normal I could see yeah. you know again because of just the way that I personally like feel about it I Ooh. don't I don't think that there should like be no reason that like you can't fucking fire like an AR-15 or some shit you know right. let's let's just call it an assault an assault rifle just to be, have an easier is that alright with you just to have like an easier verbiage to 
refer to it as, or would you rather refer to it as an AR-15 individually? I would so as rather to... call it just strictly factually. I would rather just call it an AR-15. Work. So I don't think that there's any reason that like you shouldn't be able to like fire one, you know, because mm-hmm. that's that's fucking dumb, yeah. right? But I think like I think we've talked, we have certainly talked about this before, where there should be should be really fucking hard. You know, mm-hmm. should be really fucking hard to own something that so as, many people are misusing to fucking murder people. I would say right? at least like, as hard as, well, it should, not. there should be like a, almost, it almost like, I don't fucking know, right? But one idea yeah. is like, like a tiered system, you know, yeah. some type of tiered system that you've got to show, I don't know, fucking experience or no, some type here. of fucking something, you know, that like maybe is run through the military. So that people who are like where the shit's being made for are deciding like this dude seems competent enough and legit enough in his own mindset to be fucking getting things done. You know, or this guy maybe seems like he might murder a bunch of fucking people. I would agree with you on that, but not on the basis of the military doing it. But Well, that's just that's just the first you know that's just the first thing that comes to mind is the military. I agree with you on that. That's not a I do, fundamentally. Because I just people that know how to do these things should be the one to instruct people on them. But the problem is, is when I really, really think about it, and whether I believe that or not, yeah. like regardless, the, what my mind instantly goes to is once there are hurdles put in place, like a law that says, hey, you need to take a test to do this, right? And we need to say, we as the government need to say, hey, it's okay for you to own that. That would violate something called the Second Amendment. Because, but by like, that argument, then you, then you can do nothing. I like, know, by that same argument, you can do nothing. And there's no way you can do nothing and just let it be as it is. And that's like, where the problem lies. It's because the Second Amendment is a right in the Bill of Rights. Or not the Bill of Rights, but it's in the U.S. Constitution. That's what makes it so hard to talk about. Because regardless, just on a, like I said, on a legal, factual level, it all goes back to that is a... A right you have as an American so written then, down on paper. So then by that logic, yes. you think that it should be decided by the Supreme Court. No, not necessarily. But if that's if that's the but if, if that's the, but wait, if I'm following your line of logic, right, yes. that it is a constitutional issue that can't be infringed upon by any type of law, can't be anything like that. Yeah. The the people who would figure that out would be the people who interpret the Constitution, which is the Supreme Court. Ultimately, By that yeah. law, they would have to pass down some type of judgment on some type of law yeah. because that's the only thing that's going to be passed up that far is yeah. some type of law or a case that leads to a law, right? I think, I mean, my, that, the problem is like, here is I'm not a lawyer, but when I try to think of it as a legal matter, because ultimately I know for a fact, regardless of what, how I feel on the issue, whether I am, say, pro gun or anti gun, regardless, I know at the end of the day for something truly meaningful to happen, it's going to go to the Supreme Court because it is in the Constitution, which makes it such a difficult thing to talk Mm -hmm. about. And without, and I'm not saying one way, I'm going to 100% on this, I'm not saying I want to amend the U.S. Constitution. I definitely think that is a very, if that was to happen, we need to be very, very, very careful about what we go there. Uh, because those the civil liberties, man, it's it's very you don't you you got to be careful with those. But I'm saying ultimately something. If you want any kind of change, an amendment to the Constitution in the least would have to be made. I think on the Second Amendment. 
And I don't know that that's the. I but think like I said, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer. Because there are lots of little gun laws that say like on the state level, like yeah, you have to wait like a 30 day period before you get a pistol. Well, even like just in New York, like how fucking hard is it to get? A gun, if you live in Manhattan? How I'm fucking hard sure, is it to get a gun? It's harder than fuck. I'm pretty sure pistols are illegal in Manhattan. Like in New York City, I'm That's what sure. I'm saying. Like, it's harder than fuck to yeah. get a gun, you know, because... you It's because so, people are getting for, fucking murdered with handguns there. Yeah. Like, the that's why is, that's there. Yeah. And you I'm know? Gonna, I'm gonna go, okay, well, like, but it says in the Constitution you can, so why can't the state, or the city, say that that's okay? But I guess... That's where my because people my, are getting fucking murdered because you have that. to do something because you at a certain point yeah. if you if but if the, we're truly you have to intervene laws, doesn't it ultimately go back to that same Second Amendment which is kind of like I think which says that you can bear arms yeah. it doesn't say that you can own an assault rifle it doesn't say that you can own any gun that you can think of or conceivably purchase that is not what it says I understand so to that. say that yeah. so to say that a law restricting or making any type of tier system to say that that violates the second amendment i don't know if this is actually true because it doesn't say specifically mm -hmm. right to bear arms under no tier system under no type of regulation under no type of anything like is that exactly what it says that there can be no regulation no type of anything because unless that's what it says then it doesn't need to be interpreted yeah see that's the problem i think i think that's the the real root problem to this to this discussion is that we need like it needs to be handled by constitutional lawyers that say yes we can do these things and here's here's all the stuff we can do here's the pictures of stuff we can do here's the pictures of stuff we can't touch yes. so like the people that say they want to just ban guns like okay well maybe well, that's, they that's say, fucking ridiculous let's just like say that's, that that's un, yeah 100% unconstitutional but yeah I think we don't have we don't all have an understanding of the facts on the ground as it pertains to constitutional law. Yeah. That's why I think it gets so heated, and that's why I don't think anything ever really meaningful gets done. It's because we don't all understand what we can do, if we can do anything at all. And then if we can't do anything at all, and we recognize that we have to, then let's figure out why we can't do anything, and let's make it so we can. Yeah. I can definitely see that being the issue. But, you know, my personal feelings on guns are much different than I think my when I start thinking factually when I try to think empirically about it yes you know I can go down roads that I don't necessarily want or believe in so let me before we continue right mm -hmm. this book that my wife gave me for my birthday it's a great book the U.S. Constitution and other writings. So we're going right. to read the Second Amendment now. In loud. here, Let's yes, do it. is the Bill of Rights passed in 1789, ratified in 1791. We got it right here, right? Yep. Amendment number two says, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So, by like that reading, like like you said, we're not fucking lawyers by any means, yeah. right? But by our basic understanding of the Constitution, of of the Bill of Rights, of the Second Amendment that we just read, mm -hmm. like this it doesn't the, say anywhere in there that any type of law, yeah, like it would. You know what I'm it's, saying? Like it's it's, it's the, the loophole, the same loophole that Bill Clinton found in his. It, de it depends on what your meaning of the word is. That's is. only a loophole if the people who wrote it knew that they, we were going to have assault rifles. That's, well, that's, that is not. That's <laughs> only a loophole if the people who wrote that are like, 
300 years from now, yeah. they're going to be talking about this, and it's going to, you know, 200 years from now, they're going to be talking about it, and they're going to have all this different shit. There is no fucking way the, the people who didn't even have the Gatling gun right. could conceive of the, a fucking yeah, AR-15. The biggest, like, the biggest gun they had at that point were, like, cannons. Yes. Like, like there's no, no way. person in the right mind that no. would really want a cannon, so it wasn't And nobody an who wrote that would have been like, yeah, let anybody have a cannon. So Fuck you, it. Like, so they would have been think? like, if you need a musket, have a fucking musket, yeah. but you, you don't need a fucking cannon at your house, because why do you need a fucking cannon other than blow someone's house up? So I'm, what I'm really picking up here is that I think ultimately a you think that an amendment to the Second Amendment, like a, another amendment amending that one, you know, let's let's get a little bit more specific. Just a law. I don't think that I think that a law based on that reading, the interpretation. If I was a lawyer with the intelligence that I have now, right? And if I was a constitutional Court, lawyer, yeah. right? Which I am fucking not, right? But if I were to read that, the interpretation that I personally take from it is that a law putting in place some type of tiered structure or some way to, you know, fix this fucking thing would not be infringing on that. As long as we're not telling people you cannot own a fucking gun unless you're a felon or some shit, which we already do. Yeah, like, because that that's a whole nother fucking problem. Like, but, you know, it doesn't, my personal yeah. interpretation, like, that would be my argument to whatever judge is that, like, I don't interpret it that way. The that's problem, not how I read it. The real you know? problem is, is that it is interpretive. And so, so That's I guess it, so it so does the then boil to, down to what we to don't the have the Court. right to the Supreme Court. Yeah, we can't figure out exactly what we're all talking about. It's like the, yeah. do you remember the, I don't know if you, the original Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson debate on Sam's podcast? I don't think so. Oh man. Well, it was, it was supposed to be about consciousness and all that stuff, but they couldn't get, they couldn't agree on what truth was. It's the same concept here. Before we have this debate, this debate hinges on un- having yeah. an all all of us having an understanding of what the Second Amendment is and what it means. So then the only so we have to figure that out. So then it has to go through the Supreme Court. Like we can't That's talk new, about anything like, right now other than the fact that we need to know what to we're talking about. We need to lay down some more facts about what we all yeah. think is right. So then it seems like if there is a state, which I'm sure that there is, right? If there's some type of state law that bans assault weapons, however they define that, right? Mm-hmm. Then it seems like that law would have to be challenged by somebody and get it to the Supreme Court so that this could be fucking... Yeah, or... Which I'm not telling you that you should do because don't fucking do that. Yeah, but, no. No, but like, it's, it's it like, immediately, you know, like, that's the first thing I think of is, like, that's how people get to the Supreme Court is some type of law or something that you don't fucking agree with and you got to take it to a judge yeah, and you appeal it and appeal it and appeal it. So, so it seems like somebody and maybe, you know... Maybe it stems to the point that, like, our Supreme Court isn't being utilized the way it was supposed to be. Maybe they should just be on fucking cakes instead of fucking at, guns. Is that what you're saying to me? Is that maybe maybe we yeah, shouldn't be talking about fucking because bakeries? I think that one's relatively simple. <laughs> I don't think you need to the get, motherfucker do what he wants. Go to the, the motherfucker Court. do what he wants. Yeah. If 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 people don't like that, he doesn't want to make uh, okay. So the Daily covered that really good, right? Where they like interviewed the guy and everything, and he's like, "I told them that they could." I would literally sell them anything else in the store. Yep. Like, they can hang out here. They can do whatever they wanted. But I personally don't believe in that. Yeah. And so, I just don't want to fuck with that. 
Yo, my aunt was a lesbian. Like, she just passed. She's a le- I'm all for it, dude. I used to go to gay pride every year. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I also am down for if you own a business, you can choose to serve who you fucking want. Like, and if that's what you think, you know? Yeah. And if enough people in that town don't like him, then that motherfucking guy will go out of business. Like, he'll, 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 his business will go under because people don't agree with him. And that's how it is, you know? But, like, that's one of those things where I'm free market. Let the free market decide whether or not that dude has a business or not. Like, Absolutely. Let it be known. Go tell a fucking paper if you want, but let the people decide. Like, yeah. You reap what you sow. Yes. You know? And if if that issue of you kind of, you know, man, I'm not going to use that word, but, like, if you're going to be that person that is holds a grudge against somebody for some inane, stupid reason then you can be judged accordingly and society will do that because the most of us the rest of us don't care about a lot of that stuff right you know? i don't care if you're gay i don't care if you're black i don't care if you're a, a lesbian or, or or a transsexual or a, a, a transitioning whatever. person or whatever what i don't ever. care you know and i don't want to i don't want to be that guy because it's getting been spouted a lot lately but go back to the words of the great MLK when he talks about how he doesn't want he wants a world where his daughters are judged by the content of their character not by the color of their skin right I think you are an absolute idiot if you don't meet somebody and judge them based off of your interaction with them right excuse me I just kind of you're good bro but uh that's why we have this saying first first impressions are the most important thing right because it doesn't matter who you're interacting with. It's a fundamental truth that, like, once you start to know them, you're going to judge them accordingly. Give it time. Based off of their... Give it time based. and then judge them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's like, yeah, if you... How do I put this? Yeah, because I guess that is kind of a bad example. That it's the kaleidoscope, man. It's don't like judge a book it's, by its cover, man. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, like, you want to put your best foot forward and try to be the best person so I get that's a totally different conversation right. but yeah don't <laughs> judge that all day. <laughs> yeah but but yeah it, I mean that's why we have that saying don't judge a book by its covers because yeah don't just hate on somebody just because they're different than you or right. you think they are different than you probably you know odds are you probably have a whole lot more in common with that person than you do not in common you know Right. And those things are probably personal interest things. And then, guess what? That's okay. You don't have to, like, hang out with them. You don't have to be their best friend. But just let them live your life as long as they don't ruin your life. That's right. a big deal. Even, like, Ben Shapiro, like, when he talks, like, to Dave Rubin shit, you know, they talk yeah. about, like, on a broad spectrum, Ben Shapiro doesn't, excuse me, agree with with gay marriage, right? Yeah, because he's a... Because he's, he's, like, an orthodox yeah, Jewish... Yeah, like, very, very yeah. Jewish. Yeah. And... Um, and so he like on a broad spectrum he doesn't agree with it but he sits down and like goes out to dinner and shit with Dave and his husband you know like he doesn't yeah. it's like on an, indiv- on an individual basis like I don't fucking care like if I meet you you know and you say to me listen could you really call me this because like it, it really just kind of fucks with me that you like call me this other thing like, yeah. yeah man I don't give a fuck like but it that's you know fun. like yeah. and that's like that was we talked last time about like how Vice covered Jordan Peterson, you know? And yeah. they said, like, he ju- he didn't, he refused to say they or them instead of he or she. And then they used that video where he said, no, like, nobody, no, it wasn't a video, it was in 
the interview with that woman on Channel 4. Yeah. Where he yeah. said, nobody ever asked me to call them something different. And I never refused to do no. so. He said, I refuse to be told and mandated and compelled to use speech but not on an individual pace yeah by law but if you ask me personally will you call me this I'll do that. Yeah. I never said that because I wouldn't. He sees like it that as wasn't a personal courtesy. Yes. It's a sign of respect. He's yes. Like, yes. I'm gonna. We're gonna be on equal footing when we know each other as humans. We sit here and talk. It's, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I. You know. He's a clinical psychologist. He would. He is to his core. He is like trained, and it's 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 a belief he has deep within. He's not gonna judge you until he knows you. Right. And then he's gonna give you advice on what he thinks, so on and so forth. But whatever psychologists do, but. Um, but yeah, he's not going to judge you. He's a psychologist. He knows not to do right. that. He knows people are complex. And if you think about it for five seconds, you go, hey, maybe this story that I'm reading is mislabeling this guy. Because what kind of clinical psychologist that's been a, a tenured professor and so on, like, how has this not come up before? Maybe now somebody's just putting a spin on it and right. making it a controversy, which they right. did. But now I forgot the point we were trying to make, but... Um, goes down to we started Ben Shapiro, gay, yep. gay individual, gay broad Freeman, spectrums, and, you know, fucking. Oh shit! That's right. I think we got to the point. <laughs> yeah, so that's the beauty. That's of pretty this. much it. Because yeah. this is a real conversation. You know, this isn't. This is the way things go out in the real world. You know, when you're not watching 60 Minutes and there's a professional interviewer there. Yeah. Like, I mean, even. What's People that like, guy's name? Andy Rooney, Al Roker. What's the, the on guy? Sixty who, Minutes. Yeah, who oh. talks about like? Uh, it's, a it's Andy Rooney. King. Why can't? I? Oh no, this is bad. This is terrible. That's Andy Rooney, right? No, it's not Andy. He might be now, but the original was Larry King. Larry King. No, I'm talking not about the 60 guy. Minutes. Uh, I'm talking about the guy who rants about that? regular shit, like regular stuff in life. You know what I'm saying? I think that guy's name is Andy Wealth Rooney. Wealth of misinformation. But we're talking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that's but, not it. But I think we know what we're trying to talk about. We're talking about professional interviewers. You know, the stuff that you would see ten years ago on cable TV was, you know, these people are professionals. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 I read this. Yeah, this motherfucker. I love it. Breaking news. Of course, this is the thing recorded that, live. But yes, that's great. The thing that gets we'll me about about, later. about this motherfucker, Donald Trump, right? The thing that yeah. gets me about him always talking about no clues and all this shit. Robert Mueller's investigation is into Russia involvement in the fucking election. You dumbass motherfucker. <laughs> Why do you keep talking? Why are you continuing to talk about collusion? When that's not what the fuck he's investigating. Well, like, see, you're the one that's looking fucking sus because you keep talking about it. And exactly. that's not what the investigation is about, dog. This, this like, whole thing wouldn't exist unless he opened his mouth. Stupid motherfucker. But I will say, it looks like, because I saw that story um, come up yesterday. Uh, what we're talking about. 13 is, Russians. There's a, yeah, there's a, a couple people now are breaking this story about uh, Robert Mueller's uh, investigation. And it looks like, from my understanding of these articles, that uh, Robert Mueller has handed down indictments um, as it pertains to the Russian probe investigation, um, which originally stems back to, you know, Donald Trump, I think, firing. Uh, FBI Director Comey and so on and so forth and then it's been a complete and utter roller coaster um, over the last 
I don't know when is it now. So over the last like year, year and a half, about Russian involvement, and you know, a lot of people think that the president is involved with the Russians somehow, and I, you know, it doesn't. Regardless of that, the there was a special counsel appointed, and I'm hoping that if if you're somebody that's interested enough in this podcast to to really care about the stuff we're talking about, you'll already know this, but. Uh, and so some of this will kind of be refreshing, but um, just bear with me for a minute. Um, but the the probe, the there was a yeah special investigation group formed uh, to probe into the the Russia collusion allegations, and it was headed by Robert Mueller, um, I think former director of the FBI, maybe I can't remember, but um, very well respected and thought of um, you know individual. Was put into this position, and throughout his time, I guess he's had a couple little breaks in cases and whatnot. But uh, it looks like he's kind of come down to the closing of the investigation, from the sounds of it. Um, he has handed down indictments for three different uh, organizations and a, what was it, thirteen individuals, Russian, uh, Russian nationals, I believe it was. Yes. Um, with ties into that, to something in, involving Russian involvement in the 2016 election. Which has been confirmed by every, every fucking intelligence exactly. agency in America. And so... All 21 of them or whatever. Realistically, what it's coming down to is that the way the media has portrayed this probe, this the Robert Mueller investigation of the probe, is it's always been a... Sure. Yeah, we'll have some more gears. <laughs> Uh, but it's always been a it's been talked about as a look into Trump's involvement and whether or not he's had ties with the Russians and that's how he got elected because of the the WikiLeaks emails and a couple of things that he said on the campaign trail and blah 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 blah. but it's always been Trump Russia Trump Russia Trump Russia well it's looking like um, the Mueller investigation is going to be mostly just looking at how, yes, there was Russian involvement, which, like we said a minute ago, we already knew that. Confirmed. So, I don't know what people are going to be saying, but I can only imagine, because even though this is technically Saturday, uh, I think we saw this come down yesterday, late Friday, and uh, so we won't really know what's going to happen on this until Monday. But my guess, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict here, that uh, some of the more lefty organizations like CNN and MSNBC are going to say, hey, this is proof, you know, that people were shady. And then Donald Trump's going to say, I think he already has tried to say he's 100% vindicated now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when, um, but none of that has yeah. anything to do with this. When the all. memo came out, when the Republican memo came out, that's what he said is oh, that he yeah. was 100% vindicated of any type of like idea of collusion. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, think, well, that's part of the problem is we're talking about collusion, collusion, collusion. Guess what? It's not against the law. Well, and it's it. it's not that we're talking about what the people right, and that's I think what the discussion is right, and it doesn't look very good for you when like your own the FBI director that you like put up yeah. is like no, you probably shouldn't put out that memo, like yeah. don't do that because there's stuff in there, there's information omitted from there that makes 
like that makes this memo look misleading and that's what he said is that he's con- he was yeah. concerned See, about things that, that were far. omitted from there that made even, it look I don't even need to go that far like, because the without even knowing that you can read the memo and if you think about it logically and you step away for a minute from my team versus their team you can tell it's absolutely 100% a partisan yeah. it was written in a partisan fashion I mean I think it's it's, you know, you heard a lot of people talk about how it's a nothing burger or it's a something burger or what have you, but I think ultimately Stupid-ass words. It's, it's basically just a lot of it was unsubstantiated rumor to us because we're not on the Security Council. We, we don't know all the classified information right. that says that. We're just having to take their word for it. Right. Which points to how much distrust we have in the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean that's news. I can't wait to hear about it tomorrow. I'm sure everyone will be talking about that. But yeah, that's uh I mean, what is what if like if this is if this is the end of the investigation, if he's dug down as deep as he can. It's like, okay, well good good on you for doing the work and finding out you know how deep the Russians were involved as far as you could tell. And we can go in there. We can kind of help fix that, especially considering midterms are, you know, right now. Right there. And, you know, that's good. But, I mean, do you have any... Is it, you obviously don't have any proof that he wasn't involved. And you don't have any proof the other way, that he wasn't involved. So, because Do you think Mueller doesn't have any proof either way? That's what I would guess. Because if these are his findings, they don't... They don't have to do with if, with well, well. We don't know what his findings are, right? Because he hasn't. That's true. Because the only thing concluded. we're getting reported are just the indictments, right? And but he indicted other people six months ago. Whatever, Paul Manafort, yeah. all them motherfuckers, like months ago. I want to know. I'd be really interested to hear who the three indictments are for. The three organizations that were indicted with the thirteen people. Yeah. Because well, yeah, probably really what's the KGB called now? Not the KGB, but the fucking oh, shit, I don't even know what whatever. Yeah, the, the some other three letter acronym. Basically, the Russian CIA. Yeah, whatever that is. The FBI and CIA. Yeah. yeah. Scary so thing. I'm sure that it's probably one of them. You know, I would not or, be surprised. Or some of their fucking their troll factories, whatever companies own yeah. their troll factories, it's probably them. You yeah. know, because that's what they were them. talking about. If this is truly a new form of uh, constant, consistent propaganda, like permanent terrorism, oh, like cyber terrorism. Yeah, cyber terror. That's a great. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, this. There's so many different negative aspects of this. Negative possibilities of this thing that are just yeah. truly scary. But I mean, the problem is, it's 2018, and we have this crazy thing called the internet now that we have no idea what to do with. On a governmental level, like we have no, we can't hardly figure out how to entertain each other on this thing. Yeah, with like YouTube, and <laughs> podcasts memes, and all this and all bullshit. This. Yeah, yeah. You know how, and we're gonna expect that like our government knows all the ins and outs of it. No, man. It but is simultaneously. As as, you know, it's a new form of warfare. Simultaneously, the best and worst thing that ever fucking happened to the planet. Yeah, it'll like, ultimately be for good, I think. But as long as we don't but destroy in, ourselves, because we're still. In the larger scheme of things, we're still in the early stages of the internet. You know, like it's not like even up off our knees. Right, we're we're still still in in probably borderline infancy. Like, like maybe we can stand up if we hold on to like the coffee table or like 
your dad's knee or something like that. But you're <laughs> like, gonna fall down. Like how, to take more how long? Steps. How long did the Silk Road exist before? Like yeah. <laughs> wow. before they were even yeah. like, okay, now we can finally fucking arrest people. Man, like, even, how many like, millions and billions of dollars was made off the Silk Road? Can before you imagine? They, <laughs> I guarantee you, there's. We need to talk to Eric Weinstein about this because he's a mess. <laughs> need, need to ask. I want to know. There's got to be a. There's got to be a formula. Yeah. That you can figure out, taken from the past. Say you could start something as far back as you have reliable, reliable recorded history. Yes. Right? And the you somehow interpret technological advancement and social advancement, and you kind of find a general. Uh, not what am I talking? Mathematical equation mm-hmm. that can estimate the current curve that it's been on at an exponential rate. You know, it's just growing insanely. There's got to be something like that where you can estimate where we'll be in another hundred years. So check this, right? Except it's the future. We can't. So check know. this. <laughs> Moore's law, right? Yes. Moore's law is the observation that the number of transistors in a dense integrated circuit doubles approximately every two years. So every two years, the internet doubles Whoa. in size and in capacity technology every itself. Two every two years. Moore's Law describes a driving force of technological and social change, productivity, and economic growth. Wow. So, Man, I was doing this story the other day on uh, uh, this other project I got going on. But I was looking up, uh, it all had to do with uh, you know our local... Kmart getting bought up by a development company um, and then I took a broader look the one by the, where you live no the Kmart the one in Bremerton yeah that's I was wondering that. what had happened a to it a kid from my high school that well went to my high school I think he's like five six years younger than me but he started a company when he was 17 his first company was about buildings it was basically he was refurbishing old scooters and turning them for a profit fuck America dude right I love it. It's like, why can't that be me? What the fuck? But it's so great. But this kid, he ultimately now, I think he he owns a company called uh, Weiss Commercial Properties. And, you know, he's a, a native to Kitsap County. He went to my high school. Um, and then he apparently is concerned, like like I am, and I think a lot of people are, with when you look at that, that same area of town that we were talking about before that's crime-ridden and all this stuff. It's got, a, it's got a ton of abandoned, you know, vacant uh, big box stores. Just cut down all those fucking trees right there. That's trash, dude. All those trees that were behind Kmart and all that shit. Oh, they did They're they? all gone. They're No, like a year ago. They're all fucking gone. It shows you how much I go to that. And place. all yeah. the ones next to Safeway and shit where all the homeless people used to live, yeah. they cut all those down. That's all why there's so many fucking homeless, homeless people... people yeah, dog. So, See, I didn't, that so, was, I didn't okay. even know about that. So, I'm not even when, into okay, it. so when you're a young motherfucker growing up in Bremerton, this right? This has a whole new aspect to this. Used to do, was not covered. Used to do mad hood shit, okay? Like when I was like younger. So, original salt of the street. So, yeah, yeah, this is one of those stories. So, I used to have this friend named Tony, and he dated one of my other friends named Haley, and her older brother Jordan. Not important. They had an even younger brother named Ethan, right? Who got bullied by a homeless kid who... His name was Brian, right? <laughs> now I remember his name was fucking Brian. We should probably chill out with the names. So, well, they all, you know... Yeah, 
This was several years ago. It doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. So, like, I think I was probably like sixteen or seventeen. When oh I did yeah. This. We're all so, young, dumb. Yeah. So kids. it was a while ago. So and Brian was Brian was an adult. Brian was eighteen, right? And Ethan was like eleven, right? Their younger brother. Yeah. As so, long as we don't say anything that's going to incriminate him. We're no. Fine. No. <laughs> so Brian and I don't know his last name or anything. So okay. fuck that guy. Yeah. He was just some homeless kid like that. So oh, yeah. Brian was a homeless kid, right? So Brian held up Ethan at knife point. Like, Haley's 11-year-old brother came to... Yeah. Held him up at knife point over some stupid shit. Right. Yep. So we found out about it. We got all kinds of shit face drunk. We're like, we should go find this kid. So me, Tony, Jordan, like two of Jordan's older friends. Jordan was older than us. And mm-hmm. so we all jumped in the, up in our homeboy's car, started driving around. We're like, where does this guy live? Where does this guy live? Our homeboy Craig used to be friends with him. Right, like ran into him on the street one day. Used to kick it with Brian just like by yeah. chance. So Craig was with us too. So like Craig, where the fuck does Brian stay? At? He's like, yo, he stays in those woods by Safeway. Oh man. So so we roll up to Safeway, get out, fucking pull a bat up out the car, you know, start walking in the woods. Be like, yo, yo where the fuck is Brian? So so we come up on this encampment that existed in the woods by Safeway, right? And they came in homeless people. So there's like three dudes, tarps all set up and shit. Motherfuckers sitting here drinking Natty Ice all fucked up and and one of these guys like... Shout out to Natty Ice. (laughs) One of the the guys with us like, hey, where's Brian at? One of these drunk ass homeless (laughs) guys is like, He's with Abraham. (laughs) I remember this so vividly, dog. Because I remember it so vividly because being 16... Having a bat in somebody's hands, I remember thinking like, if we find this kid, he might die tonight. Yeah, dude. Like, like true. we're all like we're all fucked up. Like, that's, if we find this kid, he might die tonight. This is like a real that's situation. and that was a true, that was so a true thought that came in my head. Right. Yeah. So this is arguing real. with these homeless people, almost throw down with these dudes in the woods because we're just trying to find out where Brian is. Yeah. We don't fucking know. We don't fucking know. Blah blah blah. So we're like, all right, well, we'll just roll around for a little bit, right? So we go to leave Safeway. There is police car. It's got to be 1.30 in the morning, right? There's a police car on the opposite side of the intersection. So the guy that's driving Jack is like, he's like, well, I'm going to take a left instead. And then, like, you know, it'll be fine, right? And the cops are in the lane to go straight. Excuse me. So we go left. Cops are like, fuck that. And they just go straight. Or they turn right, right, to follow oh, yeah. us. So they're following us. And we're like, all right, well, I only lived. My house was, like, when I was growing up, was just maybe, like, maybe five minutes from Safeway, right, on the east side of Bremerton. And so we go up and we drive past the elementary school and we're driving past and we're like, Jack is a great driver. We're like, just follow the fucking laws. You know, everybody got our seatbelt on. Like, everybody do your shit. So the cop followed us to my driveway. Wow. Like, we're getting out of the car and he slows down and turns his light onto the car as we're getting out of it, Mm -hmm. right? And I lit there and so I close the door and I go to walk towards the cop car and he drives off. Oh, yep. So we're like, don't engage. All right, you know, so he just left, and wow. So we never found Brian that night. Yeah, but thank goodness. But those same woods, <laughs> those, those are the woods. woods are <laughs> those are the woods that they cut wow. down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That yeah. was the greatest what, journey I've ever yes. been on. So that that's was amazing. Yeah. Well, that, if that's not a look, and I've never seen that kid since then, and I used to see him all the time before that, well, but I've never seen Brian. Since man, they, they cut his house down. Yeah. So. <laughs> there was Poor a guy. couple of weeks in the beginning. Where there were still motherfuckers living up at the top of the woods line. Because they only cut back from, like, Safeway property. Oh, yeah. So there's still some woods back there, like, in between some people's houses to, like, that other street behind it is called Pine. Yeah. And so there's, like, on the edge of it, 
you could see people that were like set up at the tree line like not even in it like at the tree line oh yeah and they're just kicking it like they just Dude, went that, up as far as they had to and just stayed that just that brings up a whole nother discussion I want to talk about uh, I got some it's another one of my my projects that's in the works right now but like Bremerton the city of Bremerton has uh, I some hate things there. they need to answer for they need to um, there's some things that that need to be this is what you were talking about the other day no this is something else that's something else that's a whole other thing I'm looking into but, yeah, yeah that's some investigative like, journalism that, yeah it's a, it's a thing that I've gotten into lately that uh, which is uh, the local I think I might have brought this up once already but it's local news stories that well that don't exist that should exist um, and it's it's kind of the same the same idea as like the big hot button issues on a national level but these are things that I think I can see going on around me that I think are ridiculous and need to be looked at at the very least all these fucking homeless people well that's well it's just the the way Bremerton is run it's is interesting you know the city of Bremerton I mean you look at the condition of the roads the way the zoning is, yeah, the city planning, like all the all the aspects of the government, the local government, mm-hmm. that are I think a hundred percent dysfunctional, need to be addressed. Do you think that there's corruption brewing? In the oh, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't even begin you... to know. I just know the fact that when just I just think that there's some weird shit there, going on. You know, when I go into a city um, that I like, I know for example, I don't necessarily want to name it off the bat, but I. I, I specifically, I'll say this, I specifically don't want to say what I think the problem is <laughs> on here, but I, I have an idea what the problem is. And I think that it, due to the nature of this entity's power and sway in the local politics, mm-hmm. I think they're getting taken advantage of. And I think that the city council or whatever kind of city government they have needs to... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of corruption, but I think honestly it's probably more of not our problem mentality. And I think it really needs to be looked at because the minute you hit the city limits of, of Bremerton, you can tell like everything that the city should be responsible for, like the maintenance of the roads, the infrastructure, the zoning, you can tell that there is some serious dysfunctional thought processes going on here. There's something that's not jiving. Because you have this incredible money-making machine um, that should be boosting the economy, the local economy, because it is the leading employer in the county. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, the government employer? The government employer of the county that probably doesn't have to pay any form of taxes for what they do and all this stuff because they're the tax collectors themselves. Yeah. Do you, you know, so you have a massive population of people that all work for this one employer living in Bremerton, but Bremerton can't collect on those taxes, maybe. I don't know how it works, but I have a feeling that there's something relatively nefarious. No, no, I wouldn't even say that, but there's something wrong at its core in Bremerton, and I would really like to figure out what that might be. Because there is absolutely no reason that it's it's the equivalent of like what would happen if the and I don't even know if this is the case I'll have to look into it but the neighborhood in and around Amazon in Seattle yes is that a is that a crappy neighborhood or is that a pretty wealthy nice neighborhood 
I don't know. Or is it a me- middle class neighborhood? I don't. I wouldn't think. I have that a feeling that it's not. You know, a hood. I wouldn't think that it's great. You know, because I think that most people that work there live in suburbs of suburbs of Seattle, not you in think, the city itself. You think most people commute to work there? Yeah. Not in and around the area. Maybe bike commute. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think that they. No, I don't yeah. think that they live. Maybe like. That's what maybe in like the hipster areas like Queen Anne and like shit like that, you know, where yeah. people fucking like but it's like cool and kitschy. No, but that's, that's what thing. I'm saying. Like, yeah. I know I'm not saying they all do, but I'm saying that's where they might live. Yeah. Like, I'll but that's exactly that why. That's exactly why they did the fast ferry and all that shit is so that they could live here yeah, instead. True. So that's well. That's so I don't know whether going living, back yeah, to the you know, original discussion point about the Kmart and motherfuckers, right? The Kmart that. Yes, this guy is, is Weiss. Yeah, Weiss is redoing. I don't necessarily agree with what's what it going to be. Build there. It's going to be. Is it going to be a new another new life center? Uh, I don't know. I think his his plan right now is to he's going to chop up the front half into multiple different stores for, and apparently he's in talks with vendors and people now. But the back half of it, like the the back. Yeah, portion of it because it's one of those big box store warehouse things. Yeah, he's going to build a second story on it and turn that into f- between four hundred and five hundred storage units. Hmm. It's he did a very, I guess he did a very very similar project down in Gig Harbor recently, and um, but the Kmart man he just bought for three point three million dollars. Oh, and he's he's planning on investing another. Two million, two million dollars into it to add all that shit on top. Yeah, to to completely renovate it. Why don't you like the storage unit idea? Oh, I think there's just way too many storage units. It's because they're also because they're all making fucking money. It's a huge. Apparently, there's a massive demand for it. Yeah, apparently, which I think. But when people are, when people are losing their fucking houses left and right, dog. When people are losing their houses and they gotta move into apartments and shit. That's why the apartments cost so much. That's why there's so many storage units that are trying okay. to be bought up is because can people can't stay in their houses. I attest to that now that I think about it. That's what I'm saying. That's what. Wow. That's why. It's because he's going to be able to sell unit. them. I don't have a storage unit because I happen to have... I got that room you know, to put all my shit I got a family connection yeah. that allows me to keep some of my exactly. stuff somewhere. But yeah, because I used to live in a bigger house because that's where when all my I was mom in the military, I had a, my last house I had in the, in the military, it was dope house, huge. Yeah. Huge two story, three bedroom, attached garage. Like it was a nice. And and so, you know, as it is when you live in a bigger place, you just accumulate more, more shit. stuff. Yeah. And then you gotta downsize, go, well, now I need a place to put this. So I can definitely see that the the recession in 09, especially in this area. Yes. That put a lot of people out of work, which made people lose you know, it people think a lot of times that it was just the fact that the banks were taking advantage and all there's more to it than that. That is a big issue, but there's more to it than you that. You watch The Big Short, bro? You need to be watching The Big Short. You need to be watching The Big Short. I'm telling you. Telling you. Star-studded motherfucking movie. But yeah, that is definitely... That is a huge aspect to it. But the... A lot of, you know, places like us, you know, a lot of people bank in the, in the local bank systems. You know, so you're not too worried about AIG and the big, 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 big banks because a lot of, you know, there's a lot of credit unions people rely on here that are totally unaffected. But when you factor in the fact that those people were the main suppliers of like big loans and stuff like that, you have an, the entire industry other than the number one employer of the county, which is a government run thing. Yeah. You, the <clears throat> biggest industry is construction. 
and all the trades that go along with that. Yeah. And so the minute people can't buy houses Welding. anymore, or they basically, those big banks just got so hard hit that they're not going to give money out to anybody, you had massive, massive amount of contractors that, you know, construction contractors and general contractors that went out of business. Mm-hmm. Like almost overnight. Well, the ones My that father was exist. one of them. He, he was in business for maybe a year once the recession hit, and then he had to close his doors. Well, and most of the ones that still exist are building, you know, cookie-cutter houses. They're building whole developments. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on that. Stamping them the fuck out and then know, selling them for... Here. If we got time to get into that. Selling I, them ooh. for as much as my mom bought her fucking house for. Oh, man, it... Some yeah. stupid shit going on over there. Yeah. I fuck, I can't stand that shit. Yeah, let's That's, cut down all these fucking trees to put some goddamn cookie cutter houses there. Yeah. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, I just yeah. it's there's so many. There's this whole forest. I mean, I'm not a good measure of acreage or of anything like that, but there's all types of areas all around in Bremerton that I've seen go from you know, more trees than people have like in their entire city to straight nothing. Like they just lop them all down. And I, I just don't understand it. Like there's a lot of places like the woods I was talking about where the homeless people used to live where we were looking for Brian. There wasn't, there's nothing there now. It's just, it's just barren land where there used to be fucking trees. I just don't in a place like Washington, where we have so many trees, we're blessed with so much f- foliage, if you will, you know, trees and shit like that. I just don't understand taking advantage of it and well, see, doing whatever you're doing with the wood to put more fucking shit there. You know, I just, I don't understand. Well, see, this is that. actually, that harkens to a aspect of, like, my career. I'm in the, like many around where we live, like, I'm involved in that industry in some fashion Mm -hmm. building development so on and so forth and so i see there's two sides to that because you know as a it's so funny too because most of the people that are in that industry kind of lean the opposite way politically but progress the opposite way as you or as me No, no no just um as the nature that drives their business oh um which is progress you know a lot of, you know, progressive ideas um, bring more and more people to areas. You know, the more liberal a city becomes, the more popular it becomes generally. And you get more and more people that Generally speaking. Generally. Just why are cities always blue districts? Yeah. You know? It's just because that's the way it is. Those people congregate in cities, more or less. and But the people that build those houses and install the wiring and install the plumbing generally are, have opposite views politically. So the, the industry of development relies on you know, government systems that encourage the... Like the cutting down of the trees and the, the rezoning of areas to bring more houses, to bring more residential areas, to bring more co- commercial districts, which then gives these people a living. Right. People like me. Yeah. And so it, it's progress is inevitable and terrible. Yeah. And we rely on it as much as we don't want it. Because it's tough, without, I mean, until we all make. 
I don't know. Because, yeah, the two are hand in hand, one and the same. You can't have one without the other. You know? I guess I, I just mean from an ecological standpoint, you know? No, no, I get that part, but the thing that that's sucks fucking is tough that, to watch, dog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, where I live, um, there was to do well, I don't even want to get into it, but um, there was a, uh, a massive piece of land uh, that was, I think, privately owned natural resource land, a.k.a. a forest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sold off to a organization who then turned around and clear-cut it to get the profit for to build something, to yeah. do something. And that, you know, I lost my forest because somebody decided they want to just cut it down so they can build something. Right. So I understand firsthand, like, I don't like that, but I understand the necessity for it. Because what they did with that was turn around and build a business that now hires hundreds of people, I'm sure, and provides a place of congregation. You know, a lot of people just go there to spend their money, and it boosts the economy. Generally, they take a hefty cut of the profits of course just like any business would but I, I there's they're all there's two sides to it's a double-edged sword regardless which way you look at it you need that development for to give people a living but at the same time you're going to be you're going to be saving the planet really dog no, I, there's a, we're cutting our fucking time short here you know and I'm not huge like into the fucking I like the green I just and I would prefer that it stay but I understand the need to like keep zoning out and keep building because you, you, you build out or you build up and but you know there's always going to be there's always going to be more and more people yeah and they're always going to you know what do you do with it I don't know I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I know but so there's a plague man all I know is that the struggle what? is real because I want the green but at the same time I also want to work right and until we can get to a place if we can even get to a place where that kind of Work isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we'll do for for money. Right. I mean, at that point, you're talking about like, you know, uh, uh, basic income, universal you know, basic income. Yeah, yeah. universal basic. Income. You heard about you're the talking guy? About all sorts of stuff, which might get pretty heavy pretty quick. Have you heard about the guy, the mayor of whatever fucking town that is, that's doing Tibbs? I think his last name no, is. No, he's no. doing. Yeah, Where's I, followed, that at? I followed him on t- on Twitter, so I'll look it up. Um, I feel like there's a lot but, of little. It's. I believe that, that it's. Up to do this I believe test. that it's. I believe he also said that it is privately funded. Like okay. it's not through. Yeah, wealthy benefactor. Um, yes. Which is, I mean, honestly, what we need. You know, we need to be doing these thought experiments about basic income, or you know, all sorts of different ideas, and we need some examples to see what the possible outcomes are going to be, because just going on blind faith and changing the way we do things that sometimes can have a, you know, a massive negative effect. Michael so it, Tubbs. So it would be Michael Tubbs. Okay. Yeah. Where's he from? Um, let's you see. He's a governor? Stockton, California. He's the mayor of Stockton, <laughs> California. Why am I not surprised? That's he's 27. California. Um, they used to be bankrupt and he said they haven't been bankrupt and are actually the second fiscally healthy city in the state. It's philanthropically funded, and the majority of people... <laughs> this was like he quoted somebody because somebody wrote an article about him, and the headline is, 26-year-old mayor of bankrupt city will give free money to the poor, implement universal basic income. He will. Yes. 
And so he like quoted that on Twitter, right? And he said, mm-hmm. one, I'm 27 because the guy <laughs> said that he's 26. He said, he that, said, that solves that issue. He said, two, please look up the word universal because he said he was going to give money to the poor. He said, three, <laughs> we haven't been bankrupt for years and are actually the second fiscally healthy city in the state. Four, it's philanthropically funded. And five, the majority of people are struggling in this economy. We have to deal with that. <laughs> hey, man. That sounds like uh, something I think is 100% worth looking into. So it, It's privately funded, so of course I have zero problems with it. So he's got to be one of the first people to... To really pull it to be doing that, like that. yeah. You know, Which I, you know, good, good luck to him, man. I'm not a thousand percent opposed to. No, because I think there is something, there's something to the fact that, and this is actually one of the talking points I meant to, to bring up today. I'm glad we got here. Universal but, basic income. No, just the fact that the need for a universal basic income. I guess maybe, like I, I can see how there's a possibility for that because. Not e- well, not even the need necessarily, but I could see something, some good aspects of that. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I want to look at this as skeptically as possible, because it sounds way utopian, way too utopian. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I hear universal basic income, and I think of automatically my, my one of my favorite sci-fi series. Um, called The Expanse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's on TV. It's in books. Read it. Watch. It's amazing. But they have a they have a system of universal basic income for people that still live on Earth. If that makes sense, because most people don't. Yes, they live in other because, planets or whatever. Yeah, because the you know it's the same argument as a lot of the universal basic income people have now. It's the fact that in the future, there will be so little industry possible due to automation and AI and what have you, that the amount of people we have aren't going to, nobody's, not everybody's going to be able to work. No. I mean, it's already, right? that's already how it is that they're like 4% unemployment is pretty much as good as it gets. Yeah. Like, and so what I think the, the real benefit of a universal basic income is, is it allows creative people who aren't necess- they don't necessarily fit in with that typical nine to five yes. the grind. Right. You know? Uh, it gives them an ability to just be that person and be creative and try to find their own meaning in life that might better society and you know most of the time if you give somebody I would imagine if you give somebody the chance to do something they're passionate about, if anything, I mean Realistically, you can use it as a thing, like to take a take a sabbatical from work. You know, almost the thousand dollars, or well, no, I mean, say oh, just if you're given the opportunity to do something. Yeah, let's say you're working, right? You're working the normal grind, and you decide, hey, I want to be. Let's say you want to try to be a podcaster. Yes, you know that's not what we're trying to do, but we are just doing this because we're interested in it. But Mm -hmm. let's say you have a passion that isn't necessarily going to pay you. Like, so you want to be a YouTube guy and make movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. The idea of a basic income like that would allow you to have a safety net in your entrepreneurial endeavor. So you could work part-time to try and do that. Well, you could do that full-time if you want. That's what I'm saying. If you had a yeah. universal basic income, that literally would cover your mortgage or rent. Well, I mean... And, like, you know, if it covered the basic necessities of... 
I don't want to say mortgage rent because that gets a little weird. But but I don't think that that's really the point is to cover all of your expenses. No, but that's the you, the idea is to give you relief from that. Like exactly. the idea is not so that you don't have to work at all. You know, it's so that you have to like work part time. Like like I think that when it's talked about, the most common number that's thrown around is a thousand dollars a month. $1,000 a year. $1,000, you can't live off $1,000 a month. You can't do yeah. that. You okay, can work yeah. part-time if you yeah. get $1,000 a month. You can't live off yeah. of that. So you work know. a few days a week, basically. Right. Because that's what... To pursue your endeavors. That's the super, you know, the traditionally conservative argument is that uh, that makes people be fucking lazy if you don't have to work, you know. Why if you, you? But if you only get $1,000 a month, you have to work. You can't... You can, if you want to live not that great, you know, in mm-hmm. an objective for my personal fucking whatever. I couldn't live off a thousand dollars a month and be perfectly comfortable in what I do, like, you know, to pay all my rent and do all my shit. Like, you and could, like, you could rent that, a room somewhere and buy some food and shit, but like, you can't. Month. Yeah, but, but I mean, so <clears throat> we'll go to because there's a a different aspect to that, like, yeah, because when you talk about a basic income like that. And, you know, you still have to work, you do all those things. But right. does that, let's say, like, if a universal basic income, if that could, if that was, how would I put it? If you got rid of Social Security, mm-hmm. if you got rid of, you know, all basically all social programs, all social welfare programs, would that, would basic income be, take the place of that? Or would that just be an additive on top of? No, 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 no. I don't I've heard think that, that argument a lot is that basically we already spend the money. Yeah. In a billion different ways. Right. Social. So why not? And that's what I that and right. just Cut you a check. And that's okay. what I would think. Yeah. No, I, I certainly wouldn't. Because that would wouldn't be more, able to conceive adding another program. You yeah. know where people get. But I could see being like, all right, we're not going to do food stamps anymore. Yeah. But. Everybody's gonna get a thousand dollars a month. You know, like I don't know how much food stamps cost every like every year. You know, but like if you take all the people who are aged eighteen, like if you want to leave Social Security as it is, right? Like if you if that's the like the golden idea, like which you can't, but right, that's what I'm saying. The golden idea, like if you so, but if you're like, but we can, you know, so everyone from age eighteen to sixty five or when the fuck ever you can start collecting Mm -hmm. Social Security. If we're like, we're gonna give all those people. A thousand dollars a month to be doing their thing, but no one gets any food stamps anymore because mm-hmm. everybody gets a thousand dollars a month. I'm like, well, I would even, you know, that or, and something else because yeah. I'm sure that's not enough to give everybody a thousand dollars a month. But, um, but I mean, fundamentally, I have a problem with the whole idea of it because mostly, I, like, I don't want to be of universal basic income. Yeah, like the I don't UBI. necessarily want. I mean, I understand the fact that I'm already paying for that stuff now, mm-hmm. but like. I don't necessarily want it to be spent unless I think it's a. It's, I think it's money well spent. Um, so I can see the fundamental problem with just giving money to people out of other people's pockets. But instead of it I think being I could be on board with it, though, uh, especially because you know I think there's especially in today's world there's a lot of people that just don't they don't necessarily fit with the whole nine to five grind. Right, that's what you were saying. I think there's a lot of people that just. You know that aren't meant for that. Like we're for that. we're humans, man. We're not meant to be cogs in a machine. Mm-hmm. It's like this: the way we've developed our society, anyway, at least in America, I feel is kind of it's kind of 
I mean, it's it's a different machine, but it's still a machine. It's it's not the machine of like the communist socialist workers paradise. Yeah. But I mean, everybody still has to work because you still have to make a living. You know, but and so there there's some there's a weird commonality between those two. I think that um, while one is done forcibly um, through government authority, and one is more or less strictly voluntary, or mm-hmm. you could argue necessary for survival. <clears throat> But regardless, you still got to do that that one grind. Well, and I guess I would think that, like... It's just an interesting conversation to have, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nuances. Like I said, like most things that I'm sure we're going to talk about, this there is not a right or wrong answer to this. There's a lot of gray area. Well, and I guess I think that, like, if you... Not you, but, like, as a person, if you mm-hmm. think that you're not meant for the 9 to 5 grind, then you got to do just for an example like what a an actor or a rapper or a musician does you oh, yeah. have to prove that you're not meant for that you got to oh, find so. something that's like listen yeah. i don't need to be doing that i need to be doing this and really what like, i think it, that i 100 percent agree with you but the way the system is set right now which i'm not going to say is it's got to be worse. hard bro i mean it's got to be fucking it difficult. does you got to be, be making good shit to be not fucking yeah, you know but would you argue that if you choose to take that that stance and to put yourself out there and potentially just ruin your your life mm-hmm. financially, do you think that you deserve a safety net for that? Do you think you you think creativity and the things that stem from creativity, like art and music and movies? and all that stuff. Do you think any of that stuff would suffer if more people got a chance to be involved? Because it it wasn't so dangerous to try. And I because don't know to do that. I mean, I think And I guess do that. I guess I don't know that. Cuz there's that if it, I don't know that like if it wasn't so dangerous to try that more people would get the opportunity. Like I don't I think that if anything maybe not if anything, but I think it's possible to think that if there are more people, not probable, but possible to think that if there are even more people but funneling into it, then it will be even more refined, right? Because a lot of the shit that we have right now is fucking trash. Yes. A lot of the shit on, that's on the radio, it's all oh, fucking bullshit. Lord. So I, was, I think yeah, that it's, started, it's possible to think that if you have more people funneled into that, it would be refined. you got to be even better because now there's even more motherfuckers out there who are trying because it's not as hard because it's not as hard because you don't have to want it as bad to go out and do it because you can go back in a creative sense you're almost creating a a freer market because you're giving for creativity yeah yeah which is really interesting because they a freer creative market means like a little bit more control from a governmental standpoint yeah I never considered that because you need a little bit more money to do that if you if you were to create a backup like that yeah you still gotta be hustling like you because you still gotta be fucking hustling if you wanna be better I think yeah you cannot misrepresent like the people that are out there right now that make it big in the creative world like they struggle right it's almost never easy almost fucking never easy actors to writers yeah painters whatever you want like there's a reason they call it a struggling artist. We're making this shit in the basement apartment, though. Absolutely. 
I mean, yeah. so you live in an apartment, I live in a garage. It's, <laughs> it's legit. This so, is a renovated basement <laughs> into an apartment. All right, let's be clear. And you know, I don't know what if this is like because to me this is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. The basement apartments. Yeah. Because I used to live <laughs> it's way out more east. Now, yeah. I used to be in the military. Right. And I was stationed in New York, and I lived on Long Island. So I lived in in the, the heart of New York, New Jersey for for a number of years. Yeah. And uh, basement apartments on Long Island are 100% how people between the ages of 18 and 25 generally live. That's just a thing. You always live in a basement apartment or if you're kind of doing better than some people, like you'll live in a, a full regular apartment in an apartment complex. But yeah, the majority of houses, man, you're talking split level basement apartment. Yeah. And it's a way for the people that own the house to have a secondary income. And it also provides, you know, some kid right out of high school a chance to not live with mom and dad. Right. It's pretty dope. But I didn't, I don't see this that much out here. I see a lot of starter homes, I guess for lack of a better word. Yes. get either sold off to a developer or they're held on to by somebody for, or they're bought up like by an Airbnb guy or something like that. Well, there's so much. But it's hard to make money in the individual starter family home market, we'll just say. Well, there's so so much. There's there's a very um, little supply. There's so much shipyard around here Mm -hmm. that most people, like going out of high school, they're like, well, I can piss clean. I'm just going to get a job at the shipyard. Especially if they already have a dad or an uncle or a brother or somebody who's working there that can give them a foot into the door. They're going to work there. So they're making more money than... You know, I've been working at the company that I'm working at for three years next month. Yeah. And they're making more money than I am or oh, than yeah. I'm going to be making next month, you yeah. know, and that's their Absolutely. first job. Like, it's my best friend. He's in fucking Japan. You know, he's in Japan making four times probably as much money as I'm making right now just to be sleeping for, you know, half his fucking day. Like, so, so you're literally, you're right now, you're making an argument without even trying to for less government employment, I, th- I feel. Like that tells me that if more people, if the government wasn't so attractive, maybe more people would go to the local. I love maybe. my best friend so much more than not more than my wife because I couldn't love my wife any more than anything. But <laughs> I I love my best friend a lot. But he is one of the more irresponsible people that I know. And when <laughs> I see the things that he can get involved the, I don't want to make him look bad because he's a really great guy and he does fucking awesome and I'm not like ashamed of anything he does but like when I see that I'm like and you work for the fucking government it's, like you are you work for the government I and I'm just that, I'm like what the fuck yeah. like what it is is I can attest and I think anybody who works for the federal government and even the state government and even county government um, I feel like once you're a government employee for the most part there's a specific set of rules that you have to adhere to. Some basic rules. And as long as you don't violate those, you're good. And you're fine. You know, and you have all the benefits you need. You get a decent paycheck, usually better than a lot of the... Like, better than me. You know, he you know? when he started, he made more money than I'm making right now. Yeah. Like, which is... I'm not unhappy with what I'm making right now, but he's just incredibly happy with what he's making right now. I'm like, that's the, yeah. that's the difference. I would love to see the statistic in Kitsap County of the difference between a either a government employee yeah. whether state 
county or federal. Yeah. Or even city, like a city, uh, you know, like the city of Paulsboro, the city of Bremerton. Like doing the, like... From city to federal, I would like to know the percentage of people that work for the government than work for private enterprise. Probably... Because you're talking... It's... School teachers, anybody that's involved in the education system, they yeah. ultimately depend on the federal government for a paycheck. Yeah. Because the federal government funds the state government. The state government, uh, well, they assist in funding the state government. And the state government is funded by the taxpayers. And so public school So anybody who works us. for the state government or for the county is really what you want yeah. as opposed Any, to a private. It's probably an it's overwhelming probably majority. It's massively yeah. huge for a place like this. It's probably an overwhelming majority. It's a really weird thing to think about. Yeah, because I know a I lot of people I've really thought of it that deep before. That's there's a lot of people. Yeah, and then like there's the rest of us that are trying to get by on the outside. Well, because you work for you work for a small company. I work right? for a small company, yeah, and I work for a small company. There's less than fifty employees there. There's like forty. Yeah. Like I know we haven't. Yeah, like I want to own our own small company. Yeah, like that's that's ultimately the dream is. I don't want to necessarily work for anyone, period. I want to be able to do, to support myself and my family with what I just, what I decide to do in life. I don't know if you remember this. When you worked with us, mm-hmm. I, because you certainly worked there, but I, it also may have been before I like was moved over across from you, yeah, right? Before we were teamed uh, up, basically. Yeah. We had a conversation about, it was when the lottery was like, all like three billion dollars, oh, right? It was an absurd high. amount of money, right? Yeah. So everybody's buying tickets. We're all talking about it, and <clears throat> douchebag that stood over here, over yonder, was, yeah, yeah, was like, "Well, they're they're talking shit to me, right? Because they're talking about." Oh no, that was a different conversation. So they're asking <laughs> me, and no, sorry, that was a different. Was, I, I almost got uh, heated right wait, there. Wait, wait, no, no, no. no, no. So they're asking me like. Talking about the stuff they would do, you know, if they won the lottery, and they're like, and what would you do, right? They're like, I'm going to go on a vacation, I'm going to do all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you, I probably would take some time off, but, like, like I would continue to work. Yeah, like, I, I like I would tell I would tell my bosses, like, you don't have to pay me anymore because yeah. because I don't need, like, that money, you know? Like, but, yeah. but I enjoy what I'm doing enough to, I wouldn't work 40 hours a week because fuck that, but I'll work part-time there. Yeah. Because I enjoy what I'm doing. Like, that's, it's like a good enough cause, you know, that I don't, I don't, like, I'm not affected by it. Like, I would, I would do this, do something that makes me happy mm-hmm. and work part time. And I think that that is, like, really who the universal basic income is meant for is somebody who's like, I, I don't fucking hate what I'm doing. Like, I enjoy, even if it's a menial task, like, I don't mind fucking working at McDonald's for 20 hours a week. But only twenty hours a week. I don't want to work there full time, but I'll fuck with it a little bit. Well, that's you the know? paradox, like, isn't it? It's the fact that to get to to get to the top tier, to be that the wealthy benefactor of whatever endeavor you choose, you whatever business hustle. you start, right? You got to hustle. Yeah. Right. And that means that you're hiring people to some point. At a point, you're going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, this is big enough now. I have to hire people to work for me to make this happen. Now, I've seen this come up a whole lot, and of course, down in the, the how do I put it, uh, we'll call it the, uh, uh, just California. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of weird things down in California, politically. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of businesses now doing like equally owned 
employee-run companies. Yeah, like co-op employment companies. co-ops. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really weird thing to look at. I've never heard of it before. We'll just recently. all make decisions together and yeah, fucking. A company is run democratically. Yeah. And it's like you put people. Everybody's in, sharing profits and you shit. Have, yeah, everyone's share. Well, not only profits, but like I'm talking like 100 percent of profits. Yeah. Everybody gets it. Yeah. And the more people you have, the less everyone gets, unless right. you continue to do better, so on and so forth. But the head honcho, you know, he's not making six figures while other people are making, you know, barely five. Right. And so it's a really interesting employment experiment. And I can't wait for five, ten years down the road when we can look at that and be like, this company exploded. Right. Everybody is doing amazing. They've all chose to fund their own health care. They've all chose to fund their own this. And it's all the work... It's all their own individual work of them working individually, but as a team. Right. And it's paid off. Maybe. Let's see. I mean, I hope, because that sounds like a really interesting experiment. Yeah. It sounds really interesting to not have the, I guess, the master-apprentice relationship, the only relationship you can have in an employment situation. Yeah. It'd be really interesting if everyone's a co-owner. I know there's, yeah, like I said, there's a couple places doing that all the time, but... I've been hearing more and more about that lately. Yeah. I don't think, I think there's definitely a ceiling to how high maybe you can go, how <laughs> big you can grow before it just gets, there's just too much noise. Yeah. Because, I mean, can you imagine if America was 100% a democracy and not a republic? Yes. That would be terrifying. <laughs> I almost made a glass ceiling joke. I, 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 like, truly had to, like, hold my breath as to, like, keep it in. Uh, like yeah. there's almost tears here because I, like I had to like that, that glass uh, ceiling that was tough right there <laughs> oh no no I think you're right man I I agree there's a lot I mean there's a lot to I'm excited to see universal basic income expand experiment on yes on maybe expand yeah. is not the right word but to see it test it out a little bit yeah. see it be fucked with you know yeah and mostly because like Necessarily, I, or I don't necessarily think that it's something that my current value system as it is thinks is 100% a great idea and thinks yes. that it's the right answer. Yes. I don't think it is the right answer, but I'm willing to see it tried, and I'm not going dis- to discount it until see it how is it works tried. out. Yeah, because it's such a new concept. Yeah. I mean, who am I to be like, oh, no, that's not going to work? Yes. Of course not. It's like, well, I don't know. It's never been tried. You know, there's... But, I mean, that sounds so dangerous, dangerously close to the, uh, you know, like, socialism hasn't been truly tried. Like, <laughs> no, I think we've debunked socialism. We've I seen so. where that goes. We think That's where funny. that goes, and I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least in America, it won't work here. It right. may work for some people, but it ain't going to work here. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to discount, like, and, and you know, it's really funny. That's another paradox of... A lot of stuff people like on the, the far left are putting forth. Like there's this whole, I don't know. There's probably, the progressives. The prog- the hardcore progressives. Yes. You know, not the liberals because it's liberals. fucking different, right? Yes. Liberalism is believing in the Americans' creed. Yeah. That's what true liberalism is. It's believing. Yeah. It's believing that you know best what to do with your life. Equality. And that of, as long as your neighbor doesn't infringe yeah. on your ability to live a good life, then he could do whatever he wants to, just like you can. That's basic, That's the basic liberal principle. Yeah. 
Um, and unfortunately, over my entire lifetime, the word liberal has been misused. And still, to and this people day, don't even know. No, don't they even don't even know. know. They assume, you know, the liberals this, the liberals that. It's like, how can you not be liberal in America? Do you not want to have freedom? <laughs> I'm sorry, do man. Want, do you not want to do what right. you want to do? One of the core, like, like liberal ideals is, is equality of opportunity yeah. over equality of outcome. You know, and that's the who doesn't want us the same. If you're not a racist, if you're not a bigot in some type of fucking way, who doesn't want to have the same starting point as the guy who's born next door? Exactly. To you know? And if you are one of those racist <clears throat> bigots, like society will judge you accordingly. Yeah. And fuck you. you. Know? And I mean, I think we've all kind of agreed that none of that stuff is a good idea. And now, I mean, you saw a perfect example of it when uh, when uh, the little kids came out there with their tiki torches and they were marching those and motherfuckers. Uh, blood and soil guys. Those motherfuckers. So, blood and soil. It, those it pieces did show of shit. that there was a bigger population of those people than we kind of thought yes but they are still a pariah still not a majority they're still a ridiculous still a minority still a ridiculous way to think and we all you know we can shame them to death like Game of Thrones but <laughs> oh my god know, when that bitch has to walk through the street yeah. oh shit and we, I mean, that we, was we, fucked people spitting on her and stuff but we, we socially wrong. do that to real Nazis all the time every day you know there's no, yeah. You know, we in America don't believe that that's okay anymore. You know, it's it's okay for you to have that thought. Yeah. It's like we're not going to stop you, but we're not going to let you get any power with that thought unless you convince us that those ideas are good, which of course they're not going to be. Right. That's why we have free speech. But all ideas are, they have the equal ability to be put forth for judgment, and they will be judged accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's what free speech is all about. Right. And so that's where you know, we—that's a whole other, whole another subject that we could talk on for hours and hours and hours. Can I? So we're at two and a half hours, right? Yeah, we should so, probably. So start let me. To, well, so let me. I want to before we close. I got to talk to you for a minute about sports, right? Oh yeah, always. So let's do this. So within the last couple weeks, right? This is going to be a regular thing. Yeah. The end of the show is as soon as I'm about ready to call it. We're going to talk sports. Yes. And then we're going to wrap so, things up. The two big things, right, that mm-hmm. I can know to you is Alex Smith, right, quarterback for the Chiefs. Yes. Right. He did pretty good last season, the season before. He got traded to the Redskins. Okay. Washington Redskins. The last, I think, two seasons. Kansas City Chiefs to the? To the Washington, Washington Redskins, Washington, D.C. And the the quarterback for the Redskins was Kirk Cousins, right? And he throws mad fucking yards. Kirk Cousins be throwing mad yards. Yeah. So, I think for the last two years, Kirk Cousins has been on a franchise tag. Okay. Right? And, which is good, bad, depending on, you know, how you fucking yeah, see it. Yeah, your outlook. Yeah. And so, now... It can be safe. So, now they've got two number one quarterbacks. <laughs> so, they're not going to franchise tag Kirk Cousins again. They're going to let somebody else fucking pick him up, right? Let the free market decide. Yes. Also, Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Good old fucking Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz. This guy. Formerly, is he is he moving? No. I'm guessing. I'm He's going to play, I think, in his... I'll, I'm going to look up exactly how many seasons, He's but it's got to be right? it's got to be at least 15 seasons. He's going to play for his 15th season. This Good year, Lord. I think. Yeah. For the same team or just for, in uh, just consecutive? I consecutively. I believe he's played for the Cardinals oh. the whole time. Let oh. me see. I'll fucking well, I mean, he's, Wikipedia his ass. 
Okay. I'm going to sound totally uninformed about sports, but he's a wide receiver. Wide receiver for how uh, has, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. How has he was his, drafted in 2004, so this next year will be his 15th season. Oh, good Lord. And he was, let's see. And he's an third round college Pittsburgh. And he is fucking incredible, is Absolutely. what he is. Well, he's, and he's ridiculous. Last smart year. Too. Last year, he had 109 receptions, six touchdowns, 1,156 yards. Good Lord. Yeah. He's 15 great. years in the game. Yep. Averaged over 10 yards a catch. Oh. Oh. I worry about that um, because of the CTE problem going on these days. Oh. I automatically just go, oh, good Lord. This guy, because I know how smart he is. I forget which university he went to. Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. But yeah, I mean, it's a. I mean, he's got a good. I mean, he's incredibly intelligent. And to spend 15 years in a career that now we know, due to the investigations into the problems with uh, CTE, which I believe is a chronic. Uh, I don't know. It has to do with chronic head trauma. Um, and its negative effects on you know lifespan. I mean, I guess it's been it's been proven now that you know just over studies and stuff they can tell that you, these professional football players especially are getting certain degrees of brain damage that is manifesting itself later in life as you know severe behavioral problems and you know sometimes bubbling over into acts of violent aggression and murder I mean suicide and all sorts of terrible things but um, yeah when you get into the discussion about a 15 year long career doing that sport in a position like the wide receiver role I mean yeah I mean good on him I mean I, I guess he doesn't have any signs as far as I can tell of any negative effects yet but yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting it's an interesting aspect of a football when you look at the length of somebody's career like that. You know, just how many? I mean, you are a much more avid follower of sports than I am yes. when it comes to football. I love football to the point to a certain point, you know, but I, I'm not as much into the game, especially these days. Mm-hmm. But it has I mean. How's his career been as far as heavy hits? Larry Fitzgerald? Has he been messed up a lot? I mean, has he taken um, a couple good hits? I mean, is he going to... I don't think that he's had... I don't think that he's had a lot of injuries, right? So we can uh, go over on his Wikipedia, we can go over some of his highlights and awards real quick, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's an 11-time Pro Bowler, right? Good Lord. Pro Bowl MVP in 2008. First team All-Pro 2008. It's like Two, four years probably after he started. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yeah, he got no. He got drafted in two thousand and four. So oh. his second year, he's Pro Bowl. Good lord. Year two, he's Pro Bowl. He was in the first round. He's the third pick in the first round of the two thousand and four draft. <laughs> wow. Um, two, where, where did he play before Arizona? Do you know. Let's see. That's it. Because college football. Just Cardinals. Um, and then before that, he went to Pittsburgh, and then yeah, his high Pittsburgh, school was Pittsburgh. the Richfield Academy of the Holy Angels. Wow. So. Um, let's see. He is 6'3", 218 pounds. Um, Good Lord. He's the two-time NFL reception leader in 2005 and in 2016, right? 
So when that's just two years ago, that's just two seasons ago that he's the leader, right? That's in receptions. The NFL receiving touchdown leader in 2008-2009. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2016. He's got the Walter Camp Award, the Big East Offensive Player of the Year, unanimous All-American, first team, All-Big East, Pittsburgh Panthers number one retired. Good Lord. Career stats, 1,234 receptions, 15,545 receiving yards. That's 12.6 yards per reception, and he's got 110 receiving touchdowns. So during the Pro Bowl, you said he's, he's done, what, 11 times? 11 times. So the Pro Bowl, for those of you who don't have any idea what we're talking about, is basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically an all-star game. Yeah. They play at the end of the regular season. And it's voted on by the fans. It's selected Apparently. by... That's, no, I didn't vote for nobody ever. That's, but well, no, but <laughs> people go on and vote yeah. for it, and that's it's how it's decided. In, no, no. I mean, you just if you that's the wrong word. optional, yeah, Opt, yeah. It's a uh, <clears throat> vote if you want to. Yeah. Um, well, that's just. It's just. I mean, that's so telling to his popularity for one. I mean, he must he must do something to hold on to his fan base. I mean, other than just skill, there's got to be something else there. Well, he's an incredible guy. Like I said, yeah, he he won the too. he won he man of the year. Charity, doesn't he? Yeah, he won man of the year. Um, like what well, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and that's, that's awesome. a pretty that's a pretty big. The Walter Payton Man of the Year award is presented annually by the NFL, honoring a player's volunteer and charity work, as well as its excellence on the field. As so, per, as per Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yep. Prior right. to '99, it was the NFL Man of the Year award. Shortly after Chicago Bears running back Walter Payton died, having been in the 1970 the 1977 recipient himself, the award was renamed to honor his legacy as a humanitarian. Isn't that cool, man? Each year, a winner is selected from the 32 nominees from 32 different teams as a panel of judges, which includes the commissioner of the NFL, Connie Mish. Payton, Connie Payton, who's the widow of Walter Payton, oh, the, wow. the previous year's winner, and a number of former players selected uh, select the winner of the award. All right, that is, that's pretty awesome, man. The Man of the Year winner receives a $50,000 donation in his name to charity of his choice. The other 31 finalists also receive donations in their name of $5,000 each to the charity of their choice. The Chicago Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs have won more winners of the award than any other team with five winners each. Wow. The best? Yeah, the most recent... The most recent yeah. was J.J. motherfucking Watt because oh, yeah. this guy is raising $131 million for the people in Houston. That's a huge deal, man. Who the, fuck, who the fuck is this on this magazine right here, Colin? That's Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Fuck this guy. GQ, you <laughs> motherfuckers. J. Jesus Watt. Christ, man. Jesus J. J. Christ. Not on the cover of GQ for doing amazing work. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because he plays for, what, the Texans? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I feel like I've seen some online videos with him, like, just going in and doing, like, boots-on-the-ground work down in Houston, man. Like, literally, like, yeah. driving to people's houses and then giving them, like, water and food. Like, yeah. personally. That's just a thing that he started doing. Yep. If I remember correctly, but... He also raised over $37 million to help Houston recover from Hurricane Harvey, surpassing yeah. his initial goal of $200,000. <laughs> so, Lord. what the fuck? And y'all want to fuck with me? I'm talking about the fucking Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's... J.J. Uh, Watt. J.J. Yeah. Watt, and then he's got a brother. Um, he's got two brothers. One of them plays for the Chargers, and the other one plays for the Steelers. They're wow. all in the NFL. Wow. Dude... 
So so their mom their mom has a jersey that's split up in threes. That's dope. It's like three <laughs> different jerseys. I see that shit. It goes hard as fuck. That is awesome. Yeah. So now, do you know where JJ Watt's originally from? Let's see here. JJ Watt is born in Wisconsin, and that's Wisconsin. where he and that's where he went to college too. Okay. Wisconsin. So this dude, born and bred in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. he's probably a a. I mean, of course he's not a cheese head now, but I mean, you know, growing up, six five, two hundred ninety pounds. Holy Lord. shit! That is a that is a oh good of god, man. that's a absurd. Wall of flesh coming at you at full speed. Jesus. No thanks. Yeah. But I mean, think about he is now he's on a team in Houston, right? Yep. How long has he been there? Has he been there his whole career? NFL draft two thousand eleven. He was the eleventh pick, and he was drafted by the Texans. And so he has made that his home. Yep. You know. That's a true team player, man. I mean, that in the ultimate sense, that's not where he was born. Mm-mm. You know, he has been accepted and embraced by this state, by the people of it. I mean, that's pretty amazing. To yeah. Me, man. That's pretty awesome. And to turn around and just have such gratitude towards that. I mean, it's, that's, yeah. I don't know who, I mean, it'd be hard to find other examples of people that do that every day. Absolutely. You know, people aren't that selfless. We like to think we all are, but. Or not really. Yeah. You know, those of you out there who make a better living than your neighbor, you're not paying their electric bill, are you? You're not, you know, no, because it's not the way it works. But some people, some people step up and go like overboard to yeah. say, hey, this is a thing I care enough about. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Right. Good on it, man. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I had JJ Watt money if I would do that. I can't say that I would. I can't say that I wouldn't. But yeah, I don't know. But also maybe not. Yeah, but maybe not because I'm not in that kind of position, man. I don't got that J.J. Watt money. Yeah. He's a different cut. I mean, that's a really strange human that gets that kind of money. You know, he's not like one of us. He lives in a different world now. And it's a world most of us can't even fathom what goes on in it, I'm sure. But for somebody to be so selfless like that and turn around and be like, yeah, I may have more money than everyone in your entire town, but here, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. I'm going to go do something awesome with all my money. Yeah, no, it certainly speaks volumes about J.J. Watt as a person. Yeah. You know what's really funny? It's like we're sitting here. It's probably been two and a half, three hours. Two hours, 41 minutes. And I think... This is going to be... I think we both got covered one actual thing. I think so. Down. I think that's... And I, I think I like having that kind of problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. But like, you know, I made notes on the things we talked about. And I didn't even... We didn't even... We just kept rolling through those. And like... It just shows, I think, how much depth, depth there is to these types of conversations. And there's a reason why we're not having them out there. And I think... <clears throat> This is a perfect example of why we all need to just yeah we all we all need to do a little better when yeah. it comes to talking to our neighbors, talking to our friends and coworkers, and being more open and understanding of other people's circumstances. Yeah, you can still have your political views. You can still believe that you should be more personally responsible and less reliant on a a you know a society backed safety net or vice versa. I mean. You can, doesn't matter. It doesn't change how you interact with your neighbor day to day. Right. The next time I challenge everyone that, that is listening and I challenge you, the next time somebody brings up an issue that you have, that they have a problem with, try to talk to them 
and try to make them understand that if if that particular issue is that important to them that they need to bring it up and try to change other person and another person's view on that that it is as important as the outcome of that conversation it's it's as important as the outcome to establish a base of fact off of which to come to talk about yeah to talk absolutely. from to establish the conversation before on. you do anything right. you need to find out that you guys have a base talking a, about the same in thing. mathematical terms you yeah. call it a, a lowest common denominator right you know what's the first thing that you guys have in common with because at the at some point we all have stuff in common start from there work your way forward maybe just try to engage on a personal level don't just assume the worst of somebody because they have a view on one aspect of our infinitely deep society that you don't quite agree with yeah you know talk to people like like you would like to be talked to that's all i'm going to ask absolutely people to go do um other than that i think uh we'll call this a week we'll be back next week for sure um and I think uh, I think we're probably going to call this uh, again. I think we talked about it in the beginning, but I think this is going to be episode number one. Yeah, I think we so, can. I think we can do that. And I'm thinking that I like this format. So for those of you who are, who are still listening, you made it to the end. You know, we had a good long conversation. Yeah. We're going to have another one next week. Absolutely. Um, and I think just like we did this week, we're going to have a point towards the end of the podcast. Where we're going to give non-sports fans a heads up and be like, "Hey, thanks for hanging out." Now we're going to talk sports. Football is my favorite, yeah, so that man. will be the the primary focus. But I'll try and branch out, do some other shit. You know, yeah, some, we'll talk a little football, we'll talk a little, yeah, you know, whatever kind of sports stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah. So, uh, without any further ado, this was uh, Don's been real. This was salt of the street, brother. Yeah, man, salt of the street, episode number one. All right, in the can. <laughs>